everything they're doing. Keeping a thing like that locked up in a school. You don't use your eyes, do you? Didn't you see what it was standing on? I wasn't looking at its feet. I was a bit preoccupied with its heads. Or maybe you didn't notice. There were three. It was standing on a trap door, which means it wasn't there by accident. It's guarding something. Guarding something? That's right. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and we're here today to talk about episode 118, Harry Potter. Harry. Harry Potter. <laughs> and the philosophers don't say sorcerers. sorcerers. No. Stone. Close bracket. <laughs> Stone. <laughs> so there we go. It's um, all magic and doohickeys. It is. That, yeah. It's all magical What isn't the magical doohickey? This <laughs> well, what's a magical doohickey that's not magic? Is the question this time round? <laughs> yeah, that's not explained away by magic. So, um, first off, Georgia, how are you feeling? Oh, all right, a bit peaky still, but peaky. What does that mean for people who don't live here? Um, not the best, but not the worst. Kind of like in the middle, bit flushed, bit bit temperaturey, bit clammy. Okay, but not not horrendous. So you're mid table. Yeah. Okay. You're. Uh, I don't know who is mid table. Arsenal at this rate, Chase are doing oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh, we're doing dreadful. Did Man City get beaten by Liverpool today or yesterday? Yeah. Okay. That was yesterday, I think. <laughs> for for the you know for the footballers us among us. For the eighty five percent of our audience who's outside of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about that audience. Actually, we charted this week in Canada, Canada. in Australia, Canada. in Norway. Denmark, Switzerland, Malaysia. We were number 53 here at home in the UK. Number 48 in South Korea. Number 36 in the Netherlands. Number 43 in Nigeria. Number 11 in Ghana. Number 9 in Qatar. And number 2, thanks for leaving the light on, in Sierra Sierra Leone. That's wicked. So there we go. Um, If this is your first time listening to us, hey, thanks so much for giving us the download. If you've been here before, hey, thanks so much for continuing to give us a download. Uh, Other things we've done this week that you might be interested in, Empire Records we did last week. Don't Uh, damn the man. We tell you what, we damned the movie. (laughs) We did. Our lowest rated movie ever. I know. Really? Uh, Yep. Yeah, cinema, lower than trains bought it. The Cinematic <laughs> Council of Podcasts uh, released our second one. We looked at Will Smith, the Oscars, and a summer preview. Our Batman Real Roundtable finally <laughs> made it. You missed your chance for that last week. We did it. We did. Oh God, uh, episode boring. two and three of Dancing in the Moon Night. Moon night was Moon released night. uh Sunday, Monday. So that's yeah. been happy days, lots Tuesday, Wednesday, happy of stuff. days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are looking forward to our next real round table. Now that we've got Batman in the can. Uh it's uh, guy that's gonna be Bruce Willis or Nicholas Cage. And if you're yeah. a member of our Patreon, uh you get to go ahead and vote on that. The poll is up on the Patreon. I'm excited for that. Right now. And speaking of Patreon, of course, our first rule of thanks go to our Patreon backers, our friends. Yeah. Of the podcast, they are Reverend Bruce, Reverend Bruce. Julene, Julene, 
Queen. Are you just going to repeat people's names in strange ways? Is that what we're doing today? That's what we're doing today. All right. Hermes. 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 Lena Oberholzer. Lena Oberholzer. Ethan, you may have to back off on this one because the lag oh, yeah. is killing us. I should have said every for Hermes because that's what they've changed the name to, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Katie McRae. Katie McRae. Ensign Ian Davies. Making it so he's not pew pew. That's what they do in Star Star Wars. Wars. (laughs) Star Trek. Trek. Uh, Chris Peterson. Chris Chris Peterson. Randall, what's your handle, Silva? Randall, Randall, what's your handle, Silva? I'm going to The Yeet Meister. Nate the Great. Nate the Great. And then, of course, friend of the podcast, Poet Laureate, Dwayne Smith. Twice Smith. Wow. You don't get one because, you know, I did it for everyone else, so I can't do it. Oh, there we go. Uh, So he's still special. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I think we got to wish a big happy birthday to Dwayne Smith. Happy happy birthday. birthday. It's his uh, birthday. If if his day of release, it'll be his birthday tomorrow. Yeah. So so happy birthday, Dwayne Smith, from all your pals here at the BFE. Yes. Um, just a couple of housekeeping things. Still looking for people for BFE quiz night. If you're interested in the quiz, let me know. I think I got one or two spots left to open. Go ahead and hit us up there. Outside of that, uh, it's a little reflections and corrections. So, uh-oh, I'm going to hit the button this time. <laughs> There's a mistake. I think I made. And the first one goes out to me. Oh, uh, oh. It's, not, it's a Twitter-based one. I actually went ahead and when I released the <laughs> when I released the episode for Empire Records, I told people to check out our episode on Almost Famous, <laughs> 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 which, which is about a year and a bit ago yeah. at this point. Nice. So. Uh, that, that. so there we go. It's, if, you, if you're into music movies, there we go. There oh, we two go. different ratings. There, it's, it's all happening. What it can is. I say? <laughs> so first one goes to me. Thanks, Josh, from your next year movie for pointing that out uh we talked with stephen fry and i said americans don't know who stephen fry is yeah uh Anthony and davies said stephen fry was in bones was he oh yeah i never watched it it's not a very hey, good, it's not a very bones. good show so it's not all it's going to be think a little bit less of stephen fry hang on <laughs> is this the one with um angel out of buffy in it yep yeah i never watched it yeah and zoe de chanel's older but less quirky sister oh okay yeah um Poet Lord of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Hi, Dwayne Smith. Said he was surprised by the amount of penises from Wales we spoke about last week. <laughs> Julene said, I don't know what's sad or the fact I already knew this or the fact that I still found it hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of birthday, she's a July 4th baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which living in the States. Yeah. I, I said, yeah. were you ever like upset because like other people, everyone was like celebrating like other stuff and it wasn't about you. And she said, no, her mom made us that everybody's helping to celebrate your birthday. Yeah, the fireworks. Oh. At which point, if I was like Julian Sibling, I'd be like, what? WTF? No one <laughs> where does. Where are my fireworks? Where are my fireworks? My hot dogs? No flags up I on my birthday? <laughs> so I don't know, Julian. Are you an only child? Because if, if not, mom might have played that a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hermie said, I have a new appreciation for whales and their progressive sexuality slash activities. Cool little dorks. And I went, is that intentional? Because mm. a dork is the penis usually used in reference to whales. 
It's a cool little dorks, double meaning. And so, uh, for instance, the dork of the blue whale is the largest of all mammals. (laughs) (laughs) So Hermes, I'm going to assume that was intentional, my friend. If so, well played. Yeah. Well played indeed. Now, I did a little bit of a search about George's theory about sea creatures and dorks, shall we say. And I I found a lot of stuff that suggested that was all like old wives tales. Uh, so uh, I don't know, but I, I, I found a lot of I've had a lot of hits for it though. Yeah, people were like, "Oh, it's totally the case." And then a few that were like, "No." <laughs> so I don't know. It's a fun. It was a fun, fun little soundbite. If nothing else, I wonder if that'll make the end of your reel. Gee, <laughs> um, lots to talk about. What age people hit high school? Uh, I guess I'm just used to it. The idea that you know you hit high school around 15, 16, 17, four mm. years. Unlike today's movie which shows high school starts a lot earlier here in this country (laughs) which i don't think i understood when i first saw this oh okay so there we go Uh, yeah we don't know no uh and then yeet complained last week that the best batman voice wasn't present well there we go (laughs) i did it this week there we go uh we did a poll once i refused to acknowledge the results (laughs) i still think it's rigged it was totally Totally it it was rigged but it was trolled i'll tell you that much (laughs) <sighs> it wasn't Rick Rolled, it was Trick Trolled, I'll say trick that. Uh, but so, was the troll in the dungeon? It was in the girls' bathroom. Uh. Um, some shout-outs. Ray, not from NBC, she's no. rebranded. Oh, yeah. Being bookish, so no longer NBC. And I guess because you and I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We used to have it. When we had it, she had a podcast called Not Before Coffee. <laughs> we started screwing it up. She went, nah, changing that. You don't want to be associated You with are that. not helping me, Eddie. So, Ray, from being bookish, thank you bookish. for all of bookish. your continued support. Bookish. Also, Juleen from It Goes Down in the PM. Did you know Juleen has a podcast? It's called It Goes Down in the PM. Mm. Also on YouTube, I believe. So go ahead and check that out out uh josh your next favorite movie released his top five episodes for most downloads i think cool i think i'm number five Woo! Ian Ooh. equals ratings that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> end of list and you guys don't follow <laughs> uh ocho parlay hour for the love even the score who do a great job if you're into music uh the music from movies go check them out and there's a great movie today for the music from movies so yeah. there we go shoot mm-hmm. the flick for the love ed and the team from the film effect who just released their hundredth episode i don't know if that's a hundred reviews or just uh, or a hundred pieces of content but well done a hundred a hundred's wow. a big number it is milestone very big so well worth celebrating carlo our friend over at the movie loot Go check that out. carlo who was on the most recent uh cinematic council podcast you can check that out on the feed from a couple days ago uh the so wizard podcast the scuttlebutt podcast which gets my seal of approval <laughs> um kirsty has a message here uh says georgia uh mask vending machines question mark never heard of this by the way ian it's mind-blowing that no one in england is wearing masks um she was at ikea today with uh my nephew is this uncle ian's podcast that'd be that guy uh, <laughs> so uh she could truly weigh it, it, oh sorry um she was at ikea with with the show so we saw maybe 10 people in total without masks instead of last week great review couldn't be more excited to look at next week harry potter wishing she was part of the patreon coming soon so i could truly weigh in well that's patreon.com slash bfe we got the simple for you uh so she introduced oliver is this uncle ian's <laughs> Podcast. That's that guy. Not too long ago, <laughs> he calls it Peter Potter. So there we go. Adorable. Um, people really want to win the gift of the week. I discovered, and I've realized maybe we haven't been forthcoming enough about this. If you're out there as a semi regular listener or a regular listener, and you just haven't done this. Every time we name out our random word, ah. that's your invitation to find a gift 
on that topic and send it to us on Twitter at best film ever pod. And then we declare the winner of the week. Ian Davies has just started keeping a league table. (laughs) At last count, somewhat maybe um, symbolically, Ian Davies is winning. (laughs) (laughs) He's got six. Early on, it was Chris Peterson. And then as he kept going back, he found a lot lot more of him in it to win. So I've seen the uh, version of it. There we go. Uh, And people were chirping each other and saying, you've stolen mine. And Uh da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, it's become brutal. Yes, it has. Uh, Sugar High was this week's uh, with Josh, uh, Juline, Ian Davies. I guess say Ian. It's a weak one this week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Peterson, who chose Will Ferrell, Ferrell and Elf. I think Hermes is very quick to go, well, you lost. Ian doesn't like Elf. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not. <laughs> Hermes and Nate the Great and uh, I think Yeet. All did one that would have totally been George's pick, but George doesn't pick the winner here. Uh, Dwayne Smith, who had a good gift on choice of content, but it was just too dark, buddy. I think it was from Parks and Rec, but you could barely see it. So uh, I'm like, what do you do? It wasn't totally dark. It was just dark. No, it was just, it was just couldn't, couldn't see it. Yeah. It was like it was like watching you know Matt Reeves's Batman movie. <laughs> um, the win has to go to Julene with the all syrup squishy from uh, Train Spotting. Uh, Not trans- okay. from from the Simpsons. Yeah, 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 Simpsons. The most correct answer, if someone had thought of this, would have been the episode of The Simpsons where they go to England, eat too much sugar, and then redo the train spotting reference, complete with the baby Maggie on the ceiling, oh, yeah, spinning yeah, her yeah. head around. I remember that. I think we've just triggered Georgia for memories of train spotting ever so slightly. But <laughs> Juline with the win for well the done. gif of the any sound effect for gif of the week. Gif of the week. Yeah. Okay, maybe I redo the ba 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 Gift of the week. I'll find something. Gift of the week. But why not give us a review? Apple or Spotify? Five stars is a magic number. Five is a magic number. All right, let's talk about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher. Brackets. Sorcerers. And brackets. Captain Sorcerers. Yeah, I don't know. People... We've all seen this before, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but only recently for me. Really? Yeah, I, I'd never seen any of the Harry Potters up until... Shut up. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of, end of first lockdown. Beginning of second. Wow. Yeah. So only like two years ago. You were running yeah. that low on films that you just went, okay, I've got left as <laughs> the Harry Potter films now. I was, yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, I haven't seen these. Uh, I've got a bit of spare time. I might as well go through them and, uh, yeah. All right. I kind of watch one every week. I didn't watch them one day after the other. I just watched them one every week. Okay. This was the weakest one, in my opinion. Okay. But, you know, just saying. I would disagree on that one, but that's just me. Yeah. But we've only looked at one, so it kind of limits what we can do. Plus, that's more of an end of movie topic. End of movie. So, uh, everybody, I mean, George, I'm assuming, George and Ethan, you guys grew up in England during the Potter years, so I'm assuming you... Yeah. Uh, See, much like Disney films, my parents did not let us watch Potter. We didn't watch them, we didn't read them. I didn't watch or read Harry Potter until I was 12 or 13. So they were all out by that point, which meant, which was great, because I actually actually watched the musicals first, then the movies, and then read the books, so I did it completely backwards. Okay. But thoroughly enjoyed all of them. I bought the books secondhand, all seven of them, and read them in a week in the summer holidays, so really enjoyed them, but yeah, was late to the party. All of them in a week? All of them in a week. Jeez. Ethan. I, no, I grew up like properly with all the Harry Potter stuff. I had the movies, I'd read the books, uh, I did the whole thing where you go to the studios, which is like every British kid's rite of passage, oh, basically. I've, I've done it Because you go like five times within your time in secondary school. Um, 
yeah no i say i've literally i've got the books behind me like by my right and then i've got like a chocolate frog and ethan just for the record you're pointing to your left <laughs> i'm looking at my reflection in this camera <laughs> i'm not good at geography i'm not good at lefts and rights but like it's your left, left and right <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. it's 50 50 it, it shouldn't matter if you're looking at a reflection mate <laughs> Uh, this is why people need to get on board for the next time we do a live and uncensored so you can see Ethan <laughs> make mistakes just like this. We'll, we'll reveal in the coming weeks uh, which one we're going to do for our Patreon backers there, live <laughs> and uncensored, sometime in the, in, the, in the early summer months. Yep. June, probably. June, July. June. All right. I, I'm going to hold back on my Genesis just because it ties into something I'm going to talk about at the end of the movie. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Going back to what George said about doing things backwards, I actually went to the studios before I watched any of the movies, so... I enjoyed the tour. You even went, though, oh, really? Wow. Even though I didn't know anything about it. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been twice. The first time was cool. The second time I was like, I've seen it. Well, I'd like to see it again, only because I know No, it's in the movies. Are. No, it's different. Yeah. You know? and there's, more, there's a load more stuff since. I've only been once. And when I went, I went on a college trip and the bus arrived late, which meant we were late in, but we had to still leave at the same time. So we yeah. missed loads of stuff. And they've added a load of stuff since I was there as well. So, yeah, I want to go again. It'll be interesting. All right, so let's talk about the film. Directed by Christopher Columbus, not the one who discovered America. Um, I'm the, He was the writer of Gremlins, the writer of The hey. Goonies, director of Adventures in Babysitting, Home Alone 1 and 2, wrote and directed Mrs. Doubtfire, oh. and directed the first two Harry Potter films. Not a bad body of work, to be yeah. fair. So much yeah, like Tim Burton good. did the first two Batmans, we got yeah, yeah. Mr. Columbus the first two uh, of these. Right. Uh, screenplay by Steve Cloves, who did the fabulous Baker Boys, Wonder oh, Boys. Good, good film. Seven of the eight Harry Potter films. Wow. Which one didn't he do? So which one do you think you'd miss out on? The first one? Well, he did the. We're doing the first. We're one. doing the first one, so oh. that's why we're, we brought him up. First part of the you last wouldn't do one. The, no, what would you. There's two. There's you wouldn't two. do part one and not do part no, two, part right? Two, would you? I miss like probably like what's what's the, the one before, longer what, the third, what's the more boring one the Order of the last. Phoenix he did Order of the Phoenix yeah, that's right he didn't are. do or sorry he didn't do Order of the Phoenix that's the one he missed so there oh, we well go done. nice that felt the weirdest like different wise also wrote the Amazing Spider Man oh uh, no Secrets of Grindelwald so the one that's out that's one Secrets that's of Dumbledore sorry Secrets of Dumbledore that's the one that's just come out the one that's yeah, just yeah. come out but not the two oh. that preceded it wow so maybe oh, he's wow. maybe it'll be better who knows because that second one was awful cinematography by john seal who did bmx bandits oh <laughs> i saw that I put that in for you Woo. uh witness which i love yeah, rain time. man dead poet society brilliant, brilliant. the american president brilliant. the english patient Not city of angels the oh, perfect storm and mad max fury road oh, oh i love fury that's road. pretty diverse isn't it that's great yeah. Yeah. what a body of work there music by johan williams Oh, no, sorry, 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 sorry. That's, that's John, John Williams, <laughs> Billy Johns, who's done, I mean, he's, he's the king of the movie theme. Uh, he's done Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T., The Witches of Eastwick, Superman, Home Alone, Hook, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can, Lincoln, and The Post. And that's just to name just a, fraction. a few. Yeah, yeah. A fraction. So, yeah, love me some Johnny Williams. Yeah. Why do I have page one twice? I, I have don't... to say, I've been playing that new Lego Star Wars game that's come out, so they have all of his music in there. A lot of that sounds like Harry Potter music, which has been really weird watching it today. 
Well, I mean, once we were done, Liam started singing the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> it's hard, man. Like, it is. There's bits from Home Alone that's on Jurassic Park as well. I mean, it's it's just there's only so many things you can come up with. Yeah. So props to him. Warner Brothers originally considered making the entire Harry Potter film franchise as a set of computer animated movies or attempted to combine several of the novels into one movie. The studio's reasoning mainly had to do with the rapid aging of child actors and actresses. If production ran too long or if it was delayed between sequels, the leading actors and actresses might have to be recast. So when this first came out, this is what we heard. We heard they were going to do like four. Yeah. And then they were going to recast for the second four. Wow. That was the understanding that we worked under. And then I guess they just decided these kids don't need a childhood. They were well, like, the, like, well, like the crown rules. Not being funny. By the end. Yeah, basically that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, different stages. By the end, they were they were a lot older. Oh, they were a lot older than they were playing. That was, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Which helps. I, I yeah, think it's okay. I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather have the same I don't actors. Think they, I don't think they were massively older by the end, were they? I think like 23 when they were playing like 18 year olds. But Yeah, not massively. Yeah, so not not yeah. massive. No. So it's not like Rizzo in Greece or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Or Liam in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. I was going to say 34 for her, and I thought, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah older than that. <laughs> uh, the studio's reasoning, oh, we talked about that. Uh, author J.K. Rowling vetoed both of those ideas uh, because, uh, and decided to produce all eight movies back to 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 back. I think uh, so. The same, so the same actors and actresses could play their roles in every movie. Uh, so first choice though to direct was not Christopher Columbus. The first choice of J.K. Rowling was Terry Gilliam. Oh, of oh, Monty Python. Familiar. That would have been. Oh. Yeah. That would have had a different spin. Oh, it would have been. It would have been much more British. Yeah. And I say, if you're out on the outside going, this feels British. Ah, I was going to say either way. Kind of the version you get a Monty Python guy. This is kind of the version of British that sort of you you sort of present to the world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, another one who's early LinkedIn and I believe drops out is Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. oh. So one of Christopher Columbus's daughters had trouble reading until she read the Sorcerer's Stone in two days. Now it was America, so there is the Sorcerer's Stone, oh, okay. which opened her eyes to the world of books. After reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, she asked Columbus to make movies out of them. I think she needs to learn Daddy's not in control of this. <laughs> but there were fifty of her directors already interested. Columbus fell in love with the first two books too, so he sat down with Warner Brothers, saying how obsessed he was with making this film more than anything else. He asked to be the last director that they saw. Wow. So that gave him that gave him ten days yeah, to yeah, work yeah. on it. Yeah, uh, it was already a good script, but he wanted to talk about the visuals. He told Warner Brothers he had rewritten the script for free because that's what he did. He stayed up till three a.m. each day rewriting the script, um, and that made an impression on Warner Brothers because people didn't do stuff for free in Hollywood. So because he did the job of any pressure from Warner Brothers, it made the difference, and he got the job five weeks later. Just got to show you, do the extra mile, you get what you want. So why Philosopher's Stone and not Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. Uh, The movie the novel are based on uh, is called The Philosopher's Stone everywhere except the U.S. And I think like the Philippines and somewhere else. Um, This is because the U.S. publisher Scholastic had changed the title, believing American audiences would be largely unfamiliar with the concept of the Philosopher's Stone. I'm here to tell you guys, Canadians weren't familiar with a Philosopher's Stone concept either, but we were okay with the name of the movie. Why? I was five years old. I did not understand what a philosopher was. I was going to say, philosopher here means like the first thing you think of you think philosopher you think ancient greeks yeah yeah, yeah, it's the same same. magic so the fact that they were like 
they'll get it, but they won't. Yep. Like, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, didn't because J.K. Rowling is so like hands on with this. Why didn't she have a word to say about it? Uh, I don't know. She probably did. <laughs> to keep well, to keep on. Remember, her book got. Oh, I think it's in here. I think it's in here. Hang on. Oh, okay. To keep the movie consistent with the book, every scene in the movie where Philosopher's Stone is mentioned was filmed twice. So awesome. people are going, I heard Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, you did, because they filmed it that way. Um, once with, uh, twice. Once with the cast members saying Philosophers, and once with them saying Sorcerers or dubbed. Uh, J.K. Rowling has said she regrets having granted permission for the title change on the first book, but as a fledgling author, she wasn't in a strong enough position to fight it at the time. Okay. Her publisher had even asked her to shorten her name to J.K., out of fear that teenage boys would be unwilling to read a book written by a woman. That's rubbish. Scholastic sucks. Uh, she's frequently rubbish. asked by fans in the U.S. why she call it the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> the answer is, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do a deep dive. And we start off with the sign of Privet Drive. And so I don't... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Ethan, you'd be too young. Georgia saw it too late. Yeah, I guess it's. What was it like to see that Privet Drive on a? Because British street signs, for the most part, a lot of them have that same. Like, I have a street sign outside my house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that says the name of the street I live on. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same font and style. Yep. Yeah. It's like a standard thing. So to see Privet Drive in like an actual sign. Cool. I was like, I was cool. like five years old, so like I was I was cognizant, so I could sort of understand it hang on okay i'm gonna challenge you on this <laughs> you, yeah. you were able to step outside of oh it's a movie and go wow how symbolic is this that my child has been captured and put on film in a way that i never thought possible <laughs> no but i was Bull- Bull- that looks like normal town uh, i've seen more <laughs> things like that what an absolute load of crap <laughs> also, it's an just, old style sign so actually most of the new estates like this one they're not exactly like that anymore so i'm yeah, like in, my, my estate was old so like i was used to <laughs> i'm like in north america where street signs often are on top of like stop signs and things yeah, like yeah. that like they're up high in England, the street signs are frequently about a meter off the floor. About a meter yeah. off the not even, yeah off the ground. I remember as a kid once, I was running with some friends, and I looked back to say something to my mom, or like, <laughs> and I like ate the sign like right in the chest. It just like, knocked me right over. <laughs> and it was the eighties, so we were tough, and they just went, "You all right? <laughs> Get <laughs> you okay? Get up!" Yeah, it wasn't like any. Like, we go to the hospital, right? No. Like, things today would be like, "Oh, you make sure he goes to the hospital." None, none of that stuff. No. Um, we made of sterner stuff. There's a wizard and a cat, and he turns out the lights. And I don't know why he does this. So, Ethan, tell me how, five years old how you yeah. knew why he was taking the lights out. Magic. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it is. It's the first sign to us that there's magic. But as the actual reason in his universe, why is he turning the lights off? So magic. the muggles looking out the windows can't see him. They just need the lights are turning off. Don't you That's turn off the lights look. before you show up in your robe? You know what's going to get my attention? Some old guys in the street turning the lights on. No, what's going to get my attention? Or the motorcycle. All so oh, the like, lights are off. Doing? I can't hear Hagrid on the motorcycle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to sleep, it's not all street lights that are dead. Plus, the street lights go off at a certain time in this they country. Do, yeah. They do, yeah which, yeah. which would suggest this is. I mean, it's October that that's happening because it's Halloween. So it? it is at least. So the clocks have gone back. The clocks have gone back, so it would be darker earlier, but yeah, n- not that dark necessarily. So it's like five thirty. Like, like Voldemort <laughs> had himself like a nice a nice steak and chips, He's and like, thought, right, right off I go. go. Let's go kill the Potters. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter is like a series of going ooh. 
cool yeah. and not explaining why any of it makes I think, sense. I think you're right. I think that's why why we have this is for us to go, oh, wow. Yeah. Because you know Magic. what? The special effects are kind of middling in this movie. Mm-hmm. Some are really good. Some are middling. Boy, this Harry was cool. Quidditch. Yeah. This was cool. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the cat changes off screen to McGonagall. We'll talk about her a little bit later. We play the pronoun game. Do you have the boy? Oh, yes. Is Hagrid to be trusted? And here, Hagrid is to be trusted with my life. My life. <laughs> Uh, no, you did. You did. You basically just did Hagrid playing Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, Hagrid's to be with my life. Wouldn't it be great if all the Harry Potter stories were just Hagrid narrating, and so oh. he takes himself like be like a way bigger deal than he really oh, I'd was? Love it. I'd love it. Um, enter Hagrid on a bike, not fishy with a cheese on a bike. <laughs> But Hag, oh, cheesy with a fish cheesy on a bike. That's on it. <laughs> but Haggard with a baby. And, uh, we get warned the family are the worst types of muggles. He'll be the most famous boy ever and he'll be safest here. Now, this is right up there with other giant mistakes in movies going. So he's the most famous wizard. Mm-hmm. So let's hide him in the only logical place that we could put him. Yep. Yeah. It's the only family he's got. Gee, if I was looking for Harry Potter, where might I start my search? We're the only family he's got. <laughs> where they can't protect him do you from wanna, magical causes. Do you want to look in the cupboard? Nah. <laughs> oh, so let's he's put him not in like, here. literal child abuse for his year. That won't mess him up yeah. his entire life. Agreed. Um, and so, I mean, there is the Harry Potter fan theory, which maybe we should talk about here for a minute. Yeah, sure. The idea that Harry Potter doesn't really actually go to any wizarding school, but <laughs> all those years underneath the stairs have like caused him to create this psychosis in his head. Well, where he's like, think about it. Harry's the best at everything. Everything. <laughs> and he gets Every all this wish fulfillment. This kind of thing. Yeah. So just a thought. It's I the same as like in the... Friends where like Phoebe's yeah. never goes inside uh, Central Perk and she just watches them all and imagines she's one of them. Oh, no show can ever be happy. <laughs> sad. <laughs> sad. Um, and so um, we get. Oh, so explain smelly cats. <laughs> we get told, yes, we get told, good luck, Harry Potter. And we see his scar and the title card. And let's talk about the score. The first person, can you believe John Williams? Not first choice. Really? really? James Horner. Oh, okay. Oh. Horner's good. Horner's yeah, 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 yeah. good. I, I, like call, I might call Horner if I'm like, there's no way I, we can get Williams, so let's call Horner. Horner, Horner was the saving grace of the Tazza movies. Yeah, Horner. Horner's, Horner's uh, Titanic. A bit, bit more dramatic, isn't he? Yeah. 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 So uh, Horner was kind of complete music, but he was unavailable, so it went to John Williams, who had worked with Chris Columbus on Home Alone and Home Alone 2, and Stepmom. And he just slightly tweaked the music from Home Alone and went, there you go. There you go. <laughs> both, Williams, no can. both Williams and Horner would compete against each other for the Oscar for Best Original Score in 2002. Williams for this and Artificial Intelligence, and Horner for A Beautiful Mind. Oh. There uh-huh. you go. We need to do that film one day. Beautiful Mind yeah. or Stepmom? <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> uh let's talk about this movie there's only one thing you can say about it really the whole series it's got a great cast <laughs> um amongst the it could have been greater uh rosie o'donnell and robin williams both volunteered to have a role in this movie without pay yep but in their oh. cases uh she wanted to play molly weasley and he wanted to play hagrid uh, oh, they no. didn't get these roles because Rowling wanted the cast strictly from the British Isles. Yeah. Yep. She sense. would relent slightly to allow Irish people to. 
Well, you know. It's off the big of you. Which then created a strictly British and Irish cast rule for the franchise. Well, I think that's good for that. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a sense of authenticity. Yeah, because original rumors were Spielberg. What, the reason why he couldn't do it in the, is that Spielberg wanted to relocate and recast it, so it was like an American story. Oh no! no so he no, wanted no, to be something no, like no. L.A. Oh no no no! Yeah, Spielberg, no, come no, on! No, 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 no. no. So should not um, have said that. No, <laughs> Richard Harris and Fiona Shaw are Irish. Zoe Wanamaker was a British actress, but born in the U.S. But grew up in Britain. And then there's one other one which I'll bring up later as we go along. Um, I never knew that about Zoe Wanamaker. Wow! Chris Columbus's daughter plays a girl called Susan Bones, but Susan she, oh, Bones. she's one of the ones who gets the oh, yeah. ginger. Yeah, gets her but she doesn't say a word. Nope. Patrick Stewart jokingly said he and Ian McKellen were the only two British actors who were not asked to participate in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were doing other things. <laughs> yeah, they were doing X Men. Yeah, and and Cumberbatch. She's like, there's like a group of four yeah. of them that weren't ever in. Them. But there was the joke, like, who isn't between between Love Actually and the Harry Potter movies? <laughs> Name any other them. British actor. <laughs> Isn't, Isn't like the game of which Harry Potter actors in Game of Thrones or Doctor Game Who, of Thrones, Doctor they, Who. You could yeah. literally mix any of them together and you get it. Am I right in saying that Patterson's in one of them? Yeah. 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 Cedric Four. Diggory. Yeah. Oh. I hate that I know that. Um, <laughs> so we get a Scar graphic match and we meet Harry Potter. Um, so played by Daniel Radcliffe. I'm going to go on a limb and say this. The worst actor of the three in this movie. He is in this one, yeah. yeah he's not, he's not <laughs> he's terrible in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It, Terrible might be a str- He's not good. He's recommended by Maggie Smith, though. He's recommended by a few people. Yeah. So uh, producer and director Chris Columbus uh, remembers his experiences with Macaulay Culkin during Home Alone 2 and said, I will only audition child actors and actresses without stage parents. Because <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's parents yeah. were something else. They were, weren't they? Casting Harry Potter was the biggest challenge. Over 5,000 boys auditioned and none of them felt right. Chris Columbus saw Daniel Radcliffe in a production of David Copperfield, his only other film credit to that point. Wow. From 19, we released in 1999, so it was a very quick turnaround. I thought he was obscure. I thought he was just no, off the street. He'd, he'd done, done one film. Wow. And showed it to the casting director and said Radcliffe was the one and thought he was amazing, but she wouldn't get him because the parents wanted him to focus on his schoolwork and not acting, as well as about all the, they were afraid about all the attention he'd get. So they interviewed Harry Potters of different nationalities all over the world still didn't find him so um they became frustrated with chris columbus and so the casting director uh um happened to be let me make sure i read this correctly uh, by sheer coincidence the producer and screenwriter of the movie went to the front the theater in the front row was radcliffe with his father so they talked uh Heyman and columbus successfully managed to convince radcliffe's parents their son would be protected from media intrusion and so forth they let they agreed to let him play harry wow imagine who's that kid you're looking for Oh, he's that one there, actually. He just, he just walked <laughs> he just in. happened to be there. In London. Like Mary Poppins, London. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, Mary Poppins, London, Ethan, very similar to Ted Lasso's London. Yeah. It's really small. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one I pub. W- <laughs> <laughs> my only, my, there's this weird fact that I know. I think he said, like, Dan Reckless said in an interview that when he found out he got the role, he was, like, having a bath and he just cried in the bath. He was in the bath. That's true. Yeah. Really? I didn't include that, but yeah, he was in the bath. At least I, I saw a snippet that said he was in the bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we meet the Dursleys. Uh, terrible people. In order to make the Dursleys' house even more unpleasant, set director Stephanie McMillan purposely sought out the ugliest furnishings possible. <laughs> I like that. And it's Dudley's birthday. He doesn't like his presents because he only has 36. Last year he got 37. And 37. so it's all about, like, this kid would be all about Instagram. 
Yeah. It's just about how many likes I get. It's not about the quality or what time. No, no. It's just about more more numbers or more. Someone slap him. Yeah. I will say the aunt and the uncle are played brilliantly. They are. They're fantastic actors. They're so perfectly awful. Dudley's pretty good as well, to be fair, at his age. Wake up, Potter! But he's a cartoon, isn't he? He is, but he still could have been... So fun. Like... Like, I hate this child. I don't hate the child. I think he's quite funny. Yeah. At the zoo, Harry talks to a snake that looks like it's from 2001. Um, <laughs> the writing is a tro. This is where I start going, is the writing bad or is the acting bad? I think I decided both. <laughs> can you hear him? Half of Harry Potter in this thing is this him going, can Question you hear questions so the audience knows what happened? That's yeah. why I said it's or just going, the wow. Philosopher's Stone. What's that? <laughs> what do you mean? Or stating what's just occurred in case anybody missed it. That's just all he does in this. <laughs> he never that was a three-headed dog. Yeah. So uh, he says, were you, were you, you belong out in the wild and the snake can somehow tell of the sign on the outside of its glass container. You know, it sure knows what the sign's yeah, yeah. located. That says bread in captivity. He says, I'm the same way. And I go, I hate to be a stickler here. I don't think no. you were bred in captivity. <laughs> I think you've been raised in captivity. Yep. I think you were very much bred in your natural environment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just saying. Yeah. Godric's hollow. Unless, there, un- unless there's something about the cupboard under the stairs that we don't know about. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Lily and what's the dad's name? James. Lily and James had a little amorous while visiting the in-laws. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the glass disappears and Dudley falls in. Um, the snake says, thanks. Uh, the glass. <laughs> that snake would not move that quick. Well, it's from 2001, isn't it? Okay. It's got places to be. <laughs> it's going back to Brazil, mate. It's the, got places the, to be. The glass comes back and I got to hear Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon are fantastic. Um, I think Aunt Petunia was in, the Harry, uh, was in the Bridget Jones movies. Am I wrong? Maybe. I don't know. Don't she know. pops up in a lot of things. Um, Harry is locked under the stairs and says, there's no such thing as magic. Oh, cause uncle Vernon's giving him a hard time. And this is where I'm just going. Yeah. Like, like, like um, Daniel Radcliffe's really not good in this. He's like, it was there. And then it wasn't. Like, He's a very nasally kid. Oh, he, he didn't feel nearly as, as proper at that moment there. Uh, I've got my own. Daniel Radcliffe is not a great actor yet. No, we're wrong. I think Daniel Radcliffe now. Amazing. Great actor. Yeah. Yes, oh yes, yes. Uh, I've seen him do stuff on uh, on stage. Yeah. Um, you know the guy. The guy can act, but at this point, he was just a cute kid who he can who kind of looks like the kid from the book. Yeah. Your hands too slippy because oh my goodness, his eyes are so blue. Well, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we got some owl mail, and from this is from uh, the the uh, it's addressed to Harry Potter or H Potter, Mister H Potter, the cupboard under the stairs. Oh, I love that. Uh, Harry got a letter from Hogwarts, and the seal drives Aunt and Uncle crazy. There's more owls, more letters, and at this point, I'm going. I don't get the Dursleys Endgame here. And we talked about this a little bit as we were watching it. Yeah. If you hate Harry, get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yeah. This is your. This is the. You should be throwing the party for this. <laughs> Not unless they're getting like sort of some money for him or anything. You know. I don't think they are. To be fair, I don't think they are. No, I don't no. think they are. No, that's what I'm saying. You know. Let him go. If you consider all the wizard in gold, you couldn't have thrown with Dursley some money or sent someone to check that he was all right. Yeah. I know. There's that whole thing that she's like, "Oh, my sister was a freak." Yeah. At the same point, 
you get rid of him for like a good nine months of your life. Your sister was a freak, so your answer is, I know what I'll do. I'll put the kid under the stairs. That'll make sure he turns out normal. I've remembered the actual answer. The actual answer is he's being sent to a boarding school anyway. Like a really one that like whips kids and stuff. So they want him to go there instead. So they don't have him for the same amount of time. How hard would that have been? How hard would that have been to put a line in there for that? Yeah. Especially as they I, have they, the costume for Dudley, who's in his like posh boarding yeah. school outfit at the beginning, and he's supposed to be having like his like grey rags being washed for his new school at, in that scene. But obviously, they don't oh, mention it. Two caveats in to bring up. Two things we're going to make sure we focus on this episode. Oh. Number one, we're not here to talk. We haven't so far, but just yeah. trying to be out there. We're not interested in the personal politics of J.K. Rowling. No, nope. we're here to analyze nope. the film. Yep. Number two, nor are we here to do everything that's different from the book to the movie. <laughs> if it's noteworthy, I got no problem having that conversation because yeah. this is one where the movie, we're going, something's missing. And it is because... There's yeah, the answer. Yeah. And it wouldn't have taken yeah. long to fix it. No. I swear they bring up like one line in the third film and it's so throwaway. Okay, I'll trust you on that. Yeah. I look forward to reviewing that one so you can go, I was right. <laughs> there's a mistake Until that, yeah. let's, let's go back to episode 118 <laughs> Ethan um, there's, uh, and he goes Mr. Dursley sits there and he goes Sunday's my favorite day you know why that is Dudley he goes, oh, BFE recording day and Harry BFE recording day and Harry goes I know there's no mail on mail. Sundays. Yes, that's right. I love that he thinks the owls are like official employees of royal <laughs> mail. Yeah. No post on Sundays. They're, they're going like, but like the owl has a concept of what a Sunday is. <laughs> and the owls, they look like the owls drop off the post and stay. Yeah. They're waiting for a response, aren't they? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Or payment. One of the yeah. two. Um, their Christmas bonus. <laughs> it would have been better because it's that shot of the outside and like all the owls are created around. That car should have been like covered in white. Oh, yeah. it should have been. <laughs> that would have been great. Just a little visual job for one second. The wind wiper mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say this. Then all the letters do finally break through because he's like he's like. Nailing a nailing a just a random piece of driftwood yeah. <laughs> yeah. across this letterbox. Across the letterbox. Wrong way. Like if you did it the other way, you would have had a better chance. Yeah. Like ruining his do door. That? I don't know. But there's this great shot from overhead of Harry reaching for one of the many I, I thought the cinematography in this film was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I liked it. Um yeah. Hogwarts youngest seeker for ages though. How long does it take him to catch one of them? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it off the ground. Um, so Uncle Dursley basically gets Harry in a headlock and forces him back <laughs> in the cupboard. Uh, they go, we're going away. That's it. We're going far away. Again, if they know where you live, I probably just wouldn't shout my plan to them at all. <laughs> I just have the owls go, where'd they go? <laughs> I don't know. Wait. Where'd they go? Ooh. <laughs> 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 nice. Um, and so... Harry's like, I don't know what kind of a holiday home this is because it's like raining and Harry's like... It's like a cave. He's created like... It's like a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Osama bin Laden's in the cave next yeah. to him. <laughs> Jeez. It's like someone's like, oh, I got a lighthouse. Where's the light? Oh, oh. shit, I forgot. And Harry's written like happy birthday on this fake cake for himself <laughs> with like candles. He's like, Make a wish, Harry. And he blows out the dirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like erases it. I'm like, this is lame. And there's a knock at the door door well, and door. of course it is well someone comes in and who comes in hagrid played by Hagrid. robbie coltrane robbie coltrane who yeah. i first Big saw in nuns on the run i first saw in cracker never heard of that 
It's a TV series over here in England. He's also, yeah. He's also, we would have seen him, Georgia and Ethan, in uh, when we did uh, Casino Royale. Oh, he was. Hang on, was he in Casino Royale? Am I he's in one of the Bonds, wasn't he? He's in, yeah, he was in, I don't think he was in Casino Royale, now come to think of it. Was he in the one with... Um, I think he's in Brosnan. Yeah. Oh, we did Goldeneye. No, he was in Goldeneye. He's in one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Is many, he like the lackey or something? Many, or, many, um, many drivers on stage, like like destroying yeah, a yes. song. And it's ha- and Hagrid's the guy who's like, that is my yes. mistress. With like a terrible <laughs> Russian accent. <laughs> he's also in that film that was filmed in Kings Lynn. Which one, Copperfield? No, Revolution. Oh, Revolution. Yeah. Uh, um, handpicked by J.K. Rowling oh, for the part. Cool. First person in the cast to be cast. I can see that. Oh, yeah. Hagrid is eight feet six inches tall, which is different from the books. Yeah. In the books, he's twelve feet. Twelve feet tall. Very good. During filming, Daniel Radcliffe nicked his phone, changed the phone, no, uh, changed the language to Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> Coltrane had to phone the daughter of the production's hair designer, Ethan Fennell, uh, in or had to phone her father in order to find out the Turkish words for change language. <laughs> I love that. This is the only movie where Hagrid serves as an actual full-fledged supporting character. Mm-hmm. After this, his screen time gets less and less and less. Um, his presence does. He is though. our he is our entry point. No, the the idea yeah. of Hagrid looms large. Hagrid, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. For most of the movie, the body double for Hagrid would wear an animatronic head that resembled Robbie Coltrane. If you go to the Harry Potter Studios in London, uh, you can see this. Yeah. Cool. Oh, like like Bray Wyatt with an eating disorder <laughs> <laughs> or a glandular problem. Uh, back to our movie. Harry's given a cake spelled incorrectly. Happy H A P E E, and then all sorts of mistakes. Birth is birthday right, and then day is day D A E. Yeah, and then Harry H I R E E. No, Harry was right. Oh, they're right. Harry's right. J K Rowling said, "Of course, Hagrid knows how to spell." She was not a fan of this. Oh, okay. <laughs> why would they do? He's that, not then? an idiot. So he went to Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why would they do that then? Yeah. Huh? Why would they do that then? That makes no sense. What? He got to wait. Hang on. Your argument is he got to 14 and forgot how to spell happy and birthday? No, but <laughs> I was just saying, you said okay. he went to Hogwarts so only for three yeah. years. Well, he's been there ever since. He's hanging around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you pick up a few things, wouldn't you? And Wizard get the classic, you're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, I'm a Harry. And he goes, I'm... I, I'm just Harry. And I'm like, you're just a bad actor at this point. <laughs> Harry's given a letter, which he can read out loud. Um, and this is where we get Petunia's speech about, oh, we've got a witch in the family. I was the only one who saw her what she was. A freak. She's really well. great. And she went and got herself blown up. And then Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> says, I'm going to try and do it. You told me my parents died in a car crash. <laughs> You know what? Like, you're like, like, is like, like, like show don't tell, and this is all. I know it's like a, a reveal, but it's so tell. Yeah, and he's not good enough. Like, give it to Petunia and let her like act her way through it. Uh, but Dudley, meanwhile, Dudley's like, you know what I need to do? I need to, I need to eat cake. Carrie's cake. That's what I need to do. <laughs> and this is this is a very child friendly movie, and I'm not trying to make it more than it is. But like, they give him like a pig's tail. Yeah, and he's like. I just assumed that pigtail would go. I didn't. No, think. It, they, they they have to have it removed. Yeah, I, 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 think the mov- I think in the movies it's gone by the second one. Oh yeah, he has it removed yeah, like, in the oh, does he? in the school year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's disturbing. So Harry <laughs> abandons his family to go with Hagrid, and this is where I get to my theory that she's ripping off Star Wars. <laughs> go on. 
okay, you have this 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 individual being raised by their aunt and uncle okay. in a nothing existence where yeah. they don't want to be until some crazy old coot comes by and tells you that you're part of a secret lineage and you've got all this power waiting for you. Yes, that's true, yeah. You have a weird <laughs> will-they-won't-they romance we're, we're, between the trio. And where some crazy villain murdered your father. Uh you're okay. not wrong. I'm not. You're I, not. What is a wand if not a really low tech lightsaber? Oh, <laughs> and then the second one's like, hey, hey, remember the spider from Lord of the Rings? Yep. What if we did that? Use the force, Luke. It's the same kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just, yeah, it's what it is. You're not wrong. You're a uh, Jedi, Luke. You're a Jedi. <laughs> you're a Jedi, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what if Hagrid is like, oh, but the, my aunt and uncle are gone. They'll be back, though, and in greater numbers. <laughs> <laughs> George, eat your hand up, I think. So. I, was speak, I was just uh, throwaway. We've got a, we've got a nesting pair of coots on our site at work, and they had little tiny chicks. What are coots? You know the black ducks with a white stripe down their head. Sure. Aww. They look a bit like more hens, but a bit bigger. They're they're coots. Anyway, <laughs> there's a nesting pair on our site, and we sat and watched the little tiny chicks being fed by mum for about twenty minutes the other day at work. Oh. Adorable. There we go. Well, yeah. did I find out the other day? We we're talking about animals. Um, my sister's horse gave birth on my birthday. Ah. Did, did they call so, it Liam? No, sadly not. They called oh. it Ada because I was a girl. That's still a nice name, though. Right? It is, either. yeah. So, question. What is a muggle? According to the Factoid trivia show QI, hosted by... Stephen Fry! Stephen Fry! Stephen Fry. The word Factoid. muggle existed in the early to mid-1900s as a jazz word that was used for pot smokers. Ah. Uh, That's funny. Which seems like you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be like the square then, which no. they kind of present them. Eh. Yeah. There's also apparently a muggle road on a 1700s map of London. Ooh. Yeah, so maybe go something there. Um, so um, it's time to go shopping. So Harry Potter uh, is being taken around by Hagrid. Don't know why I use both his names, but uh, <laughs> um, and Harry James Potter is escorted round by they go, they go they, like they, Harry they, Henry Hagrid, <laughs> and they go into the pub and like I guess in the book Hagrid must be a bit of an alcoholic. He's well known in the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. yeah. Because like, oh, because the, they're like, because the, cool. yeah, they're like the usual. And he's like, no, 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 yeah, I'm here on official business. Hagrid's business. Very important. I'd like everybody to meet Harry Potter. At which point, everybody kind of like goes quiet. <gasps> yep. The chosen one. And who's also there? We meet Professor Quirrell, played by Ian Hart, who I don't think they gave him enough to do as Professor Quirrell. Like we, I think I, well, let's see some more interaction with him. You need to see his I lessons, know they do it yeah. on purpose, but well, no, like, it's on purpose. It's really well done. Yeah, yeah. but I just want to because I can't sit here and tell you if he did a good job or not. No. He was there. He was there. So yeah. he stuffed it a bit. He, yep. The change in personality from beginning to end is impressive. Do you know? But, do you know who was uh, up for this role? No clue. Uh, Patrick Stewart. No. So Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he said that line. He's just bitter. <laughs> uh, David Thewlis. Who would later play Lupin? Oh, oh, I love him. Yeah, he was up for I this. Prefer, I prefer him as Lupin. I'm glad he played Lupin. It's good that he got to the. The, the series doesn't really hit their its stride. Sorry, at me if you want until Azkaban. No, Azkaban is is the best. Is yeah. it? Well, oh, I think it's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. And then we go to Diagon Alley, not diagonally. Diagonally. And we take our <laughs> first uh, our first visit into the Wizarding World as proper, and it feels very Victorian. I love that. Yeah, yeah, because they kind of stop at electricity, like because they don't because they use they use, so they kind of stop where humans stopped before like electricity was invented. So they because they use magic for everything else. Maybe that's why Dumbledore was getting the streetlights. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it gives, a, it gives a good uh, contrast, doesn't it? You know, and that's still not that long ago. You know, it's only still 100. I don't know. Well, like, movie seven, they got cell phones, so who knows? Well, you know, but I mean, yeah. it, it gives a bit of... It's only the younger wizards that use them, though. Contrast. They have radios it? in the seventh one. Yeah. Um... The music's great, though. It's so magic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Magic. It's very it's very Christmassy oh. yeah. when they're in Diagon Alley. It also felt like... I was also like looking for like Scrooge and the Muppets to come out. Yeah. Because it looks very similar to the set the for that. The set looks very similar. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, there's a street in... I think it's Victoria Street in Edinburgh is the inspiration for this. And so I was able to drive by it and look at it and go, That's hey, cool. there it is. Yeah, you can. You, I think you can see the where it comes from. The inspiration, yep. definitely. Oh, all over Edinburgh, you can see so much yeah. of it. But one of the most, I think, it's Victoria Street. But it was the street where it was all really cramped, close together, and it was kind of felt like it was kind of like. Is that the street that's got the pub itself? on it? The pub that she sat and wrote a lot of it in. Uh, it's not. There's. Oh, it was a cafe. cafe. It wasn't a pub. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <sorry>, <laughs> I'm going to be a great selling author, <laughs> <laughs> and they will not call me JK. <laughs> I'm just cutting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Another one. <laughs> the same as always. Yes. Welcome to the Leaky Cauldron. Um, so uh, then we go to Gringotts and Hagrid goes, oh, Gringotts, safest place in the world. There's no safer Remember place that. in the Wizarding World besides maybe Hogwarts. And I'm like, I think the eight movies to come would suggest Hogwarts ain't the safest place in the Wizarding World to be. No. Remember that time a murderous snake killed like a load of people? Like, if you take a look at the number of things that happen in Hogwarts. But is it because, even in this film? Is it because it's the safest place that all the other, other things are like we must attack here because it's got the cool stuff in it? Hang on, your argument then. <laughs> this is like when George Bush said America was attacked on nine eleven because we were a beacon for freedom in the world, which he does say it's part of a nine eleven yeah, yeah. address, and that's why they thought we had too much freedom. We need to attack that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. That's actually a th- I think it's got more to do with international affairs than it does yeah, with being a beacon for freedom. Yeah, no, but no, no, I don't think Hogwarts is the safest, and we can prove that by how dangerous it is. No, it's the safest. You can prove that by how much stuff is in there, and then it's because of the stuff that's in there that it gets. But attacked. all the stuff the kids aren't allowed to go to because it might kill them. Yeah. Okay. Good. If it wasn't in Hogwarts, it would be out and about. There's a, there's a heck of an honor system going on at Hogwarts. Look at the third floor. All right, good, good. Should we sit them to watch it? Not really. Where's the guy who's like got the cat? Let's get him the one, to patrol the one that. Non-mag- the one non-magical guy. Give him more to do. In the fourth one, they let some guy pretend to be the teacher and they never vet him about it. He's a celebrity. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Such as. That's no, the part you played. This yes. is the David Tennant one. Oh, the Tennant one. I thought you were talking yeah. about the Kenneth Branagh one. Well, that's because, no. he, it's because he is effectively is Mad-Eye Moody in that, so he, they don't need to vet him because they think he is the aura Mad-Eye The existing Moody. guy. Yeah. But there yeah. was a terrorist attack like the week before. Anyway, let's go back to this movie. Um, <laughs> so back to Gringotts. Uh, for the interior scenes, the Australian High Commission in London was used. That's oh, cool. that's cool. They were going to use the New Zealand one, but they realized it was one-tenth the size. <laughs> I, heard, I hear it's a bit bigger actually or around about the same size uh, you wouldn't know though Ethan you were looking to your left rather than your right <laughs> I've still never been in the New Zealand embassy I haven't been to the Canadian embassy I don't know uh, despite having less than a minute of the screen time and only two lines of dialogue the unnamed head goblin at Gringotts is featured prominently on the American theatrical poster which is true right under Ron and Harry's faces it's thought because of its rather striking appearance then we have the goblin who takes them to their vault 
that is voiced by Warwick Davis. But not Warwick Davis. But is played oh. by... Oh, it's Stingy, isn't it? I shall call him Mini-Me. Really? Vern Troyer! That is Vern Troyer. He is the one exception, really, about someone who gets to be on this. But because he, him and Columbus's daughter, because neither one of them actually speak a line... Oh, okay. They got away with it. So Warwick, if you look oh, very carefully, well, it's not like it'll be his real voice anyway. But it's definitely Warwick Davis's voice. But it's yeah. Vern Troyer. If so you look at the makeup, you've got Warwick Davis. Then why didn't they use him? Yeah. He's he's Professor Sprout. I'm, yeah, but, I'm, he's he's yeah. so why not use it for both? I'm guessing they were going to kind of try and I don't know if they're trying to sneak a buyer or what. Because you're going to recognize a voice more than you are some of the prosthetics. Sure. And you, yeah. you definitely didn't know it's Warwick Davis when he speaks. Yeah, you yeah. do. That seems odd. That's the same always uses for the teacher as well, so I don't know what the point is. Nope. Uh, turns out Harry's got more money than Scrooge McDuck. And <laughs> here's my next question. <laughs> How does Harry have so much money? What were his parents involved in? His parents' parents were rich. Oh, is that it? His, yeah, the pot is on the pot. Grand, grandparents Wait, hang on. Oh. I'm supposed it's, to get behind it's all this, generational wealth. this Tory kid who's... Yeah, yeah. He, he lived under the, the stairs for a bit, but here's all your lands and estates, my lord. I mean, to but be Harry fair, his, his grandparents died before he was born as well, so like they didn't actually know him at all. So they didn't have a chance to spend it in the What well, a lot of crap. Yeah. Oh, he's still got generational not, wealth. Not told, you don't get told it at all, but that is what it is. He's presented, he as, a man, he's presented as a man of the people, and he's not. <laughs> yeah. He's got he so much has, privilege. As you you it's see he's got soon a, on the trolley with the candy he's trolley. He's got a poor mate. His mate's poor. Doesn't help him. He's poor by association only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's but brutal. No, he literally has that whole, like, oh, I was the prodigal child. I was the captain of the of the, of the sports team, and I, I, I married my high school sweetheart, and I'm rich as hell, and I've got all this, like... Harry Potter does does not have a rough time other than being murdered by a by a bald man. Uh, Hagrid uh, picks something up. We don't know what that is, and then we go wand shopping. Which reminds Ooh. me, I have a giant apology to Ethan because I borrowed a wand from Ethan forever ago. I was gonna, yeah, and and I was bringing this up, and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then and then you went ahead and we're kind of like like graceful about it and all that stuff. Yeah, no. So I borrowed a wand from Ethan for a school thing, and so I realized. So I wanted to check with him because I literally had it up ready to buy it this morning, and when I didn't check with Ethan, that he hasn't replaced him for himself or for have you have you bothered to replace this yet? No, I, I was. Will, gonna, I will repurchase it. Yes. No, no, I was. I was gonna go with my girlfriend to uh, Harry Potter Studios at some point, and we were gonna get like little little matching ones. Well, I will throw yeah. you via like a bank <laughs> transfer the amount that it's going for currently. Oh, bless you, man! No, because it's only it's only fair because I asked to borrow it and then it got broken while I was in my car somehow. So I forgot about it. Yeah, so I found it the other day. What was it? I think it's in this cupboard that I'm looking at to my left. <laughs> I think it's at the bottom there. I've got Ethan's my little. Right. It, it's. <laughs> It's a Gary Oldman's. Yeah, it's oh, serious black. No, no, no. It's just Gary Oldman's. <laughs> yeah. I, I robbed it from Gary Oldman. I, I, I just saw borrowed him. that wand once Did and you? didn't break it. Yeah, I broke it. So I'm gonna get <laughs> everyone borrowed that because I was like, I don't like Harry Potter. Because like, well, like I've said, everything at school is you should do Harry. We should do Harry Potter. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know someone's got a wand. I borrowed it all when right. I was when I played Tinkerbell in a college panel. Yeah, so, so it ended up with glitter all in the grooves. But I oh, did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the wand so, has it's been qu- for a wonder. It has. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder, wonder who, but do 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 who, whose wand will Harry get? All right, so we go wand the shopping. Wand chooses him, and the wand man is the war doctor. Yeah. Hey, I've John got Matt. his little. I got his little photo. Oh, do you want to go ahead and pitch? Because that's really good timing for us. 
Yeah, because we just released our episode of Who Do You Think You Are, a little Doctor Who show on the 50th uh, anniversary special of Doctor Who featuring uh, John Hurt. John Hurt is the, the War Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are the and odds of this? Now, Georgia, this one isn't 2%. <laughs> the odds of this, of us doing that 50th anniversary, the week that we do Harry Potter. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible, indeed. And, and then I have his his character from a chocolate frog card. There you go. And yeah, John me. Hurt, in his last bits of his life, lived in Cromer, which is just down the road from us. Really? It is. It is. Indeed. Yeah. Wow. Good crabs. Good crabs. Yeah. Say. Cromer crab. Good crabs. Um, and it goes, there's a great shot of Harry. It's used in all sorts of like montages when he, when the proper wand gets in his hand. But all them, look, this is, this is what I call bullshit, right? I, I did earlier, but mine was on Ethan, so you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there's all those wands stacked everywhere, right? Yeah. Now, who makes them? And Ollivander. Okay, so he makes them, yeah. but they said they choose him. They choose whoever. Right? So he just makes a bunch of random yeah. ones and sees. So yeah. what happens if that one he hadn't made yet is ready for the person that's supposed to be? I think well, it's, it's like like out of the ones that are like in there. One. Or they, they have been making wands since like three hundred years before the birth of Christ, according to the sign. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they probably got a few. Okay, <laughs> but also, why would why would he all of a sudden? Pick up the right one to have all those. To be fair, hang on, hang on. He didn't all of a sudden. They go through three. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. He blows up. It just so happens that it's the third one. Have you not read Goldilocks? Yeah, but I'm just. The third one is always just right. Because he says, ooh, very interesting. And you're like, no. Well, why was he interested? What what, 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 was was he? Ooh, very interesting. (laughs) What was he? A vampire all of a sudden? (laughs) (laughs) That's Oliver is a bit of a sadist and (laughs) suddenly goes, hmm, what what if. The same wand that killed his parents, the brother of that wand might be the one He's he going, needs. wait till I tell the boys the leaky cauldron. I gave him Voldemort to <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's just, a, he just uh, likes the drama. He's the like, kid doesn't oh. know. Well, let's see. Let's see what, what else he'll hold. I, I, told, I told him the wand picks him. <laughs> <laughs> he gives one to Ron. He's like, oh, this belonged to a rich man. Jim, Jim, oh. Jim, get in the back. Get in the back. When he holds the wand, like, just make some stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, pull, pull the lines, guys. Pull the lines. Pow, pow. <laughs> pow, Was that someone's hand throwing? No, no, no. Just the magic. It's the magic. You saw so, the magic. There is that great shot of him holding the wand that I was blonde. They turned the air conditioning up to full. He <laughs> goes, Oh, my, it's interesting. That wand, its brother gave you that scar. We yeah, he, he holds out on directly saying it killed your parents. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we need that for later in the movie. We don't really have that yet. Oh, sorry. Had, who had that wand? He goes, we do not speak his name, but it's clear we can expect great things from you. At which point, Haggard, who just cleared it off for me, goes, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> he got <laughs> him an owl. You an owl. Like, <laughs> Harry's got more money than, than, than anybody. Like yeah. He doesn't need... Where were you like, like last birthday? <sighs> My favorite thing is, is Olivana's like, oh, that one that killed your parents, it did terrible things. Great, yeah. terrible things. It's kind of like when you you have these movies where like there's like this closet Nazi. Oh, it is Olivana. Yeah. Who's, like, yeah. who's like, Hitler was a great man. Terrible man, <laughs> but great. <laughs> like, whoa, no. He was a good not artist, on, let me Not on board with the great being uh, kind of ambiguous for good and bad. Not down with that. Uh, uh, and we get Hagrid, the, the next scene, tells Harry uh, Voldemort's name. And we get a lower frame rate flashback of Lily Potter's death. We go down to like, like 15 frames a second or something like that. Yeah. So it's all jumpy. 
Um, and then we go to Voldemort. He who shall, this is why he shall not be named. Uh, JK Rowling previously stated that he and Voldemort is silent as is in the French word for death. So Voldemort, uh, which means flight from death. Jim Dale pronounced it so in the U.S. audiobooks that came before the release of this movie, where the characters also pronounced uh, the T. After this, Dale changed his audiobook pronunciation accordingly. So, I think in every other audio version of it, he who shall tea. not be named is called Voldemort. She who shall not be named is called Jada. Get <laughs> <laughs> Voldemort's name out of your flipping mouth. <laughs> That's a slap in the face. Uh, <laughs> then we go to the train station. Hagrid gives Harry a, a ticket for platform nine and three quarters and then disappears. Why? Because he's got to meet Ron. Yeah. That's the only reason. Or else, why, why take him this far and then be like, See ya. Again, <laughs> you wouldn't. He doesn't. He takes him home. Oh, the Dursleys really? that end up taking him in the book. Shut up, really? Yeah, they have to take yeah. him to the station. I, I like it better here. They take him to the station only because they're like, well, it's not going to exist and we're just going to leave you there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the exterior used for King's Cross Station in the movie is St. Pancras, which is just down yeah. the road because St. Pancras is just a more visually appealing station yeah. than King's mm-hmm. Cross, or at least than King's Cross was then. Platform nine and three quarters was filmed at King's Cross, but on platforms four and five. J.K. Rowling's admitted she mixed up the layout of King's Cross when she assigned the Hogwarts Express to platform nine and three quarters. Oh, that's incredible. Cool. Uh, reached by Magic by between platforms nine and ten. She meant the location to be in the intercity part of the station. So when we've all been, it's that one way that the, you're, the you're looking side, about. So rather than go underneath all the signs, yeah. you go way down to the left where the public toilets are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just those two. So that's where she wanted it to be. Oh, okay. The Harry Potter shop is very awkwardly put like half a trolley in between a random wall to try and make up for it. Yeah. However, there is a platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross. It's located in the walkway area between the real platforms nine and ten. Yeah, yeah. Or at least it was uh, as a it treat was. for fans of Harry Potter. Basically, it it was this um, this cart, kind of like what Harry uses, this luggage cart. Halfway in a wall. Halfway yeah. into the yeah. wall, and you'd go there and you get your picture. The problem was it was so popular with tourists <laughs> And by tourists, I even mean people from, like, England who just haven't been in London very often. Yeah. Yeah. And with the rise of Instagram and things like that, it just became, like, this giant uh, disturbance. Yeah. So they relocated it beside the Harry Potter shop, which is in the less populated part of the station. It's now on, like, on a wall rather than on an actual station aisle. So it doesn't block people getting It's away from the trains. Imagine that. But way back when, they never used to have a trolley. They used to just have nine and three quarters just randomly. Oh, was it a sign? Just a plaque on the wall, yeah. Because I noticed that before I even knew about the film. I did get a picture of, I don't know, years ago. I, I, I love to say, I put a Patreon on it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I've got one from Studio yeah. Tours. I can probably put it. But up. it's me kind of, you know, halfway in there and going, ah. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I've been in London like, a couple times during COVID, like lockdown stuff. It's still always busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. Well, yeah, I was because there last weekend. Every time you go to London, it's like, a, like a, I don't know. Like then they charge you for 20, it now as well. No, no, no. No? no it's like, they, I thought it was like 30 quid. You can get in the queue to have your picture taken if you want, and they'll like throw a scarf as well, so it looks like you're like moving. Really? They're like professionalised yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. if you want that picture, you have to pay for it, yeah. Mm. You know what we need to do here? We need to go ahead and just get like... We need to chop half of a luggage thing in half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we need to create our own, like, you know, we should do spin that. off, and we'll do like platform one and one and three eighths. <laughs> <laughs> one and a fifth. Yeah. And it's just, it's just that. It's where, uh, it's where, um, Jimmy, the, the, <laughs> the not so talented wizard, but he's still not in. <laughs> That's where he used to go. Not so talented wizard. <laughs> he just got in. Oh, I want to see that. There's me. 
Oh, there you are. Oh, I think that needs to go on the Patreon. Let's have a look. I'll pop it up on the Patreon when yeah. this yeah. comes out. That needs to go on the yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Um... So West Anglia Great Northern Trains, the company that owns Platform 9 and 3 quarters, affixed the back end to a luggage trolley, disappeared into the wall. We've said this already. Network rail owned the station infrastructures, but train comp operating companies own the trains. That would make sense. During the remodeling, new station works Platform 9 and 3 quarters was moved several times into its new position, a final position in the new station concourse, of course. And this is where we meet the Weasleys. Uh, Ron, we play by Rupert Grimp. First, let's talk about Dame Julie Walters, who yeah. plays Mama Weasley. Gee. Um, she said that if she'd known that Mark Williams would have been cast as her husband in future movies, she would have played up their, she, she's a Midlander, so she would have played up the accent they share. Oh, okay. Oh. So instead she kind of played it down a bit, yeah, but it would have yeah, been yeah. great to have had them kind yeah. of all with a distinct kind of accent under themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because so the, the borough is, is, a di- is a good distance away from London, like, because they, yeah. you see them tra- travel, so yeah, they yeah. would have been. Ethan, did you say that his dad's played by Rory's dad from Doctor Who? Yeah, Mark. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, it's Mark cool Mark Williams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, wait, Rory Williams's dad's name is actually Williams' surname? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. There's a cutaway to Harry. So Fred and George, the twins, go through, right? And it's so weird to hear them with such high-pitched voices. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It really took me by surprise. I was like, oh, hello. The other kids I was okay with, but I was not ready for no, them. No, I wasn't. And they I'm go not through. Fred. He's Fred. And, and they go through the... Uh, the wall. The wall. And then there's a shot of Harry's face, just as we all know. People aren't supposed to disappear through walls. <laughs> but no one else so many cutaways. Oh, no one else is paying the slightest attention. Can, so how can they see them walking through the station and then not see them at all? Again, the, in the book, they're really careful about it. Like, they wait till no one is there. Yeah, and they're they're like, not even they surreptitiously, like, lean on the wall and just fall through it. Oh, Did you say okay. surreptitiously? Yeah. I have never used that word. It's a good word. It's it is a, great a good word. word. What does it mean? It means, like, not... Um, not, not being not obvious. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Subtly, if you would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Surreptitiously. Surreptitiously. <laughs> I do love, like, a surreptitious. I love a five-syllable a word. word. Well done, you. Surreptitiously. Good. Well, okay, okay, so yeah, so they they they, they play yeah, they, a lot more really, slack. Yeah, they like make sure no one's watching. Okay. Yeah, um, and then Harry bops through it after getting some um, some psych up speech from Dame Julie Walters. Wouldn't have been funny if he didn't go through the wall. Just smashes it. <laughs> <laughs> Glass is broke. So that, so that episode, <laughs> one, have, have you seen that episode of Community where? Uh, Donald Glover playing Troy's like walking down and like oh, yeah. Abed's drawn a cartoon of himself. Like on the, he's like, he's like, I ran through a wall. And he's like, what? He's like, I ran through and everything's right. Like the, the, the pie, the smell of pie can make you fly on the air and, and you can eat rainbows. And he's like, all right. So you just have to really believe when you run and he gets ready to do it. And he comes out from the side. He goes, no, no I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm here. He goes, oh, okay. And he cries a little because like, he's at his hopes dash. <laughs> Um, at his, I'll talk about Ron Weasley a little bit, shall we? Uh, before we do that, uh, we see the Hogwarts Express. This is the first day of filming. The first and second day of filming was um, all okay. Hogwarts Express stuff because they're going to get the train for a couple of days. Okay, wow, that's filmed at Ghostland. That uh, what? B- both scenes? Uh, the 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 uh, one where it lands at at, at uh, Hogsmeade. Yeah, uh, yeah, up at Hogwarts. The only yeah. worldy looking station. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one. Maybe there express. There oh, there you are. are. There you go. There you go. At his Ooh. at his audition or for his audition, Rupert Grint played sent a video of himself rapping yeah. while explaining <laughs> why he wanted the part of Ron. <laughs> they loved it, and they started the reason why they gave him the role. Oh, I'd love it. 
Harry and Ron, so basically Ron comes by and goes, Do you mind if I sit here? Every place else is full. Again, bullshit. Flip flipping Tori in it. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere else is jam packed. He's like he's got us all, all to himself. himself. Yeah. You know <laughs> sorry, this is only for the Brits. But it is. Jeremy Corbyn sit on the floor of this train. <laughs> Harry's got a whole compartment to himself. <laughs> Harry was at a party and lied about it. <laughs> Um, and so he goes, can you say, well, yeah, that's fine. And then this trolley comes. I don't know. Is this a thing on trains? Trolleys with like sweets and stuff? Oh, really? There's a couple. Normally first class nowadays. And this is the list of my, if I was at Hogwarts, I would hate Harry list. Because they go, do you want anything in the trolley? And Ron's like, no, I got the sandwich. His mum's obviously made him. And Harry, that's all squashed and. Yeah. Harry grabs like all this gold from his pockets. We'll take the lot. Harry so, better hope so, he's the last compartment that so trolley's ev- been to. So every kid who's been given money to get their lunch off the trolley... Can't have anything. Can't have anything, because Harry Potter said, I'm sure pretty how much money I got, because I got Potter money, everybody, <laughs> making it rain. And that must be a long train journey, because you need to get <sighs> to the end of the country to then, like, yep, boat. Yep. And we meet Hermione Granger. Uh, Hermione Granger Hermione. played by... Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Uh, her Oxford theatre teacher passed her name on to the casting agents, and she had to do over five interviews before she five. got the part. It's the magic number. Watson took her audition seriously, <laughs> but never really thought I had any chance of getting the role. Yeah. The producers were impressed by her self-confidence, and she outperformed thousands her of other girls who had never applied. known any self-confidence. Jeez. Oh, I, say, like, I'm, I'm, I make all the jokes about being a Tory. I mean, jeez. Oh. <laughs> there's feminism and there's feminism. Um, I don't know. I mean, Emma Watson's personal politics. Again. Again, not here to debate that. Mm. Although it does stand up against our other lady. We're not talking about her. Yeah, politics. they're beefing. Yeah. They are beefing. They're beefing. Are they? I think she hasn't gotten over this because Emma Watson stated she hates the way her hair looks in this movie. In the following movies, her hair was less bushy and more wavy. Yeah, it's very wide. It's so scraggly. I'm going to talk about that. She fixes Harry's glasses and doesn't like that Ron has dirt on his nose. So the filmmakers attempt to go the empty extra mile of making the kids' appearance uh, match how the novel describes them. They gave Daniel Radcliffe green-colored contact lenses <laughs> and similarly made Emma Watson's hair. Uh, she also made her hair bushy, but also made her wear buck teeth. When Radcliffe's eyes reacted strongly to the contacts and when Watson couldn't talk clearly with fake teeth in her mouth, both ideas were dropped. So that's why Harry's eyes are not green like they are in the book. In a behind-the-scenes picture from the film in the scene, Daniel Radcliffe is shown wearing sunglasses because he was too afraid to tell anyone his eyes were bothered by the contacts. In fact, there's actually footage of the producer and director, Chris Columbus, on set talking to Daniel Radcliffe about the scene. And he asked Daniel if he's going to take the sunglasses off, and Daniel hesitantly replies if he, he, that he wants to keep them on until they start shooting. Because he didn't want anybody to know. Bless him. Aww. So, they'll be at the Hogwarts, and the filmmakers wanted to use Canterbury Cathedral as a filming location for some of the Hogwarts scenes. The Dean of Canterbury refused it, saying that it was unfitting for a Christian church to be used to promote pagan imagery. Gloucester Cathedral said, we'll do it! Because <laughs> the Dean of Gloucester, the very Reverend Nicholas Berry, was a huge fan of the books. Nonetheless, there was a huge media outcry in Gloucester when it was decided to use the local cathedral as a filming location. 
Protesters wrote letters by the sackload of the newspapers claiming it was blasphemous and promising they would block the film's crew access. In the end, one protester turned up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I want to hear that one pro. Did you, he got him on the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit at the end. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a little bit of something about the, the, the church in North America and their reaction to Harry oh, Potter because okay. it, was, it was kind of the opposite. And so it's a special extra treat. I'll drop this now. I've got what I've called the the BFE extra uh, extra credit after credit scene post credit post credit scene there we go the BFE post credit scene where I'm gonna talk to Reverend Bruce hey I've recorded about 20 minutes with Reverend Bruce and his daughter cool who did the Hermione Hermione. voice and she doesn't talk so much about the church's reaction which kind of talks about kind of so it gets a little bit churchy in bits of that just so people are aware that's Reverend Bruce and his daughter right but uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that and about the reaction they had in their church and other churches around and the reaction that I had in my church and kind of that because it was not uh, it was not welcomed with open arms shall we say it like that We'll talk a little bit I more went about that to a Catholic yeah. school for my first two years of secondary school. They weren't too fond on um, that reading choice. <laughs> okay, I, there's a, a tr- uh, trust me when I say there's a, probably a big difference though between oh, that yeah, experience. There's definitely that. All right, uh, what do we got here? So, uh, when filming the scenes at Gloucester Cathedral, the cathedral's modern electric signs, light switches, door locks had to be concealed behind panels that were painted to match the rest <laughs> of the stone walls. The stained glass windows were also modified to hide the fact the building was a church. All the religious symbols were covered with colored plastic filter paper to blend in with the, with the surrounding glass. One window depicted the naked figures of Adam and Eve. They were given clothes and even the trademark Harry Potter lightning scars on their foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm going that protester may have a point here. It's like there's covering it and then, and there's, then there's like mocking it slightly. There's, there's, there's taking it and making it. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, re- reappropriating like Christian iconography yeah. for for your sake the hogwarts motto draco dormiens nunquam tetalandis means oh i know that georgia never wake a sleeping dragon close tickle never tickle oh. a sleeping dragon oh well done ethan first amongst the ticklers <laughs> <laughs> chris columbus pitched his version of the vision of the movie to be for two hours stating he wanted the muggle scenes to be bleak and dreary but those in the wizarding world to be steeped in color mood in detail taking inspiration from oliver twist oliver. wishing to use that sort of darkness that sort of edge that quality to the cinematography also taking designs from oliver from 1968 and the godfather from 1972 <laughs> Oliver and godfather those are two very different very movies. similar movies yeah, yes very. yeah uh, don't get too used to the moat around it, kids. That's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> and we meet, and so I wanted to go with some of the characters we saw earlier in the film. I want to meet them and talk about them when Harry meets them. When, when Harry meets them, okay. So let's talk about McGonagall. McGonagall's first name is? Minerva. Minerva McGonagall, played by Dane Maggie Smith. Love Maggie Smith. Also handpicked by J.K. Rowling. Okay. Aww. I yeah. guess she, when she's writing these things, she's got people in mind who she can visualize... I, I imagine so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get... Oh, sorry, what's it good? <gasps> it's amazing Stephen Fry weren't in these. That is kind of, yeah. Even though he did the reading of them. I was yep. ashamed yeah. he weren't in them. Would have been great if he had to like do his own character's voice. Yeah, because he'd have made a great, he'd have made a great um, professor, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would have done. Um, what would he have been like? Is like Quirrell. Ooh. Oh, he'd have been great. He'd have been great. But make him a bit like he's so big. Yeah. But make him really like timid. And then when he has to change and be th- like, he's he'd be, oh, it would have been good. See. We then get introduced to the house system. And schools still do, in North America, schools still totally do the house system. We, we have a house system. Yeah, we had a house it's system. It's completely fallen. COVID kind of ruined it. 
Uh, we still so. had houses at school, yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... We had different colored ties and everything. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. And so we try, but it's really been made difficult with COVID. Yeah. So I remember when I was in middle school and stuff, we had we had houses and uh, we used to different colored badges. <laughs> we had a little, a little yellow badge. We didn't house. we didn't have different colors. We just had um, bird names, so like Peregrine, Osprey, oh, really, and stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, I, I was in Peregrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess things change, and ours, yeah. ours changed to the continents of the world. Oh, okay. Was Mine was like. I had a different. red and black stripy tie because I was in on the student whatever it was. Everyone else had plain red ties. Mine had black stripes. <laughs> I was so, like oh. different houses, like buildings around where we were. So it was like Windsor, something else, then some other school next where, to us. Where I'm at, we do just great people. So it's Pankhurst. Oh, Emily. Yeah, cool. After, yeah, Emily and Pankhurst. Uh, King after. Martin Luther. Yep. Junior. Mm-hmm. Oh, Junior, yeah, yep. that's it, yeah. And uh, Madiba, which is a, I believe it's a South African version of the name of Mandel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. oh. That's cool that they use that version of it. I believe, yeah, because there's a giant picture of him, so obviously it's got to be a link there. So. <laughs> Hello, I believe. I believe. I believe. <laughs> um, one day. Uh, let's take a look here. So she says, here's the houses. She goes, we have to do the, ha- the, the sorting hat ceremony. Some of you will be in Gryffindor. Some of you will be in Ravenclaw. Some of you will be in Hufflepuff. And Slytherin. It's Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a shot of Draco Malfoy going, yeah. He's so slimy Why, looking when it says as well. The school as a whole yeah. is a good place, right? It's like they all hate like one quarter yeah. of the students. Why Why is Slytherin supposed to be the bad guys? Because Slytherin, be the man, Salazar Slytherin, who founded, who was one of the four founders of Hogwarts, they all then had a house each because they all had different opinions on who should be able to attend Hogwarts. So they all kind of taught their version of who they thought should come in. Slytherin thought only pure blood wizards should be allowed in. Okay. And so that's kind of run through. But a lot I think it'd be more like, are, cool, buddy, go off and do your own school. Yeah. And the three of us. <laughs> but like, Make your little Nazis. He's one of the four. What you going to do? Eventually he does leave. Yeah. Once in a generation, someone <laughs> tries to take over, but oh, well. <laughs> it's this one of those, you're either the cool ones, you're a nerd, you, you sort of just sleep a lot. Oh, you're evil. Am I right in thinking? Wait, who are the, are you, in your definition of the cool ones, Gryffindor? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, That's dorks. what they claim. That's what not, they not, cl- not in the whale version of it, but... Oh, Gryffindor <laughs> suck. Am Gryffindor I, suck. Am I right in thinking, right? Because I'm early to this, or, or new to this yeah, Harry Potter thing. You're, you're late to it, if I Oh, late to it, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't know my left and my right, do I? <laughs> you're, not right. You're, you're, not, you're not alone. <laughs> um, no, um, the hat... So, the hat doesn't choose you... You kind of choose. Well, no, the hat, hat weird. the hat does the ultimate choice. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is confusing. So let's take a look at it, shall we? But before we do that, let's talk about Draco Malfoy, played by Tom, Tom Felton. Felton. Uh, he says, Siegel, so it's true. Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. Uh, yeah. I don't know how he knew him, but all right. <laughs> Tom Felton did not read any of the Harry Potter books before auditioning. And for uh-huh. the audition, Chris Columbus asked each contender for the role of Malfoy to say what part of the book was. When it was his turn, Felton overheard what the previous kids said and just said the same thing. The part at Gringotts. Columbus saw through this very quickly and thought it was very funny. <laughs> Something I'd do. Yeah. So, uh, the sorting hat. J.K. Rowling made the names of the four Hogwarts hats uh, houses while on a plane. She wrote them down on a barf bag. 
<laughs> I wonder if she still got that bath bag. So she could remember them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and just before we do the sword and hat, we got to talk about Albus Dumbledore, played by Richard Harris for oh, the first yeah. two movies. The first two, yeah. yeah. R- R- Richard Harris only agreed to take in the part of Albus Dumbledore after his 11-year-old granddaughter threatened never to speak to him again. Also offered this role was Patrick McGowan. Oh, okay. So why didn't they get Patrick McGowan after he died? Uh, don't know. But, oh, sorry, hang on, hang on. Patrick McGowan uh, turned down the role due to health reasons. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Who's Patrick McGowan? Patrick McGowan is is Longshanks, isn't he? From Braveheart. The, the, like, evil king. Oh, yes. The old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Patrick McGowan. He was also in a um, a 60s TV series. Um, uh, The Prisoner, I think. Sure. I've never seen it, but I'm, I'm... I could be wrong, so next week we could be pressing that button. But I think it's I think it's the prisoner. Okay. Harris later had health issues of his own, as we he know, did. dying of Hodgkin's lymphoma slow, shortly before the release of the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I always what an felt amazing guy though. Very different from the man who would replace him. Yeah, yeah. very different. Now, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I prefer my Dumbledore two point Do you? Oh very much so. Yeah. I like Richard I, Harris though. He's got that voice, that whispering <sighs> He I always felt he had a bit of the Santa Claus about him. I think that Maybe. was the point this but especially with, to be fair my 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 whole thing with it is when we get our second Dumbledore, that's also when everything changes, like color palette. Oh, everything, and everything so, changes. All of a sudden, so the kids can like, walk into school, <laughs> yeah. walk into town. I'm uh, like, which Dumbledore have you got? Oh, it's that one. Bad things are happening. Yeah. Uh, Richard Harris had trouble remembering his lines. Yeah, I can agree. So Daniel Radcliffe would ask him for help to run his lines just to give Harris more practice. Oh. That's adorable. Can you help me with my lines? I need some practice. Uh, Richard, if you, if you ever get any chance, you would use YouTube uh, Richard Harris and Pete O'Toole and some of their stories they got up to through the years because they are so funny. Uh, I'll do that. Richard Harris, who had been acting for more than 40 years by the time this would be in a production, stated he'd never been involved in a cast that was as close as this one. Oh. Yeah. That, that, that Daniel Radcliffe boy always wants to run lines. How sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the Enchanted Forest, we're told, is out of bounds. Yep. Unless you're being punished, I guess we'll say. And then you're allowed to walk around it by yourself at night with just a dog for protection. But it's all good. And then we go to the sorting hat. And the sorting hat's like, all right, here's what's going to happen. And first up, Hermione Granger. (laughs) So we're we're starting with the G's, I guess. All right. (laughs) We can do this. And she gets put in Gryffindor after a small thought. And then it's like, okay, Draco Malfoy. And you're like, wait. What? What? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I love how the hat's picking the characters I know first, though. That's great. <laughs> Just keep it speeding along. And so Malfoy and the hat barely touches his head. And he Basically goes Basically just slithering. And, which I thought was great. I thought yeah. it was really, really great. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Harry's scar starts to burn. And uh, this is our first real good look at Snape yes. staring at him. And this is a real great misdirect, I think. Because it's oh, the, sh- yeah. the shot on the right it's has the got back, back of, Quirrell's of Quirrell's head, head yeah. which we later find out what that means. And yeah. It's a two shot, but you don't think anything of it. No. You think Snape's just being a jerk because Squirrel's, Quirrell's got, his, Squirrel. got, got, his, got his head turned Squirrel. the other way. So there we go. Um, Harry, so Harry goes up. Of course, we have Chris Columbus's daughter goes up and Ron goes up. Hmm, another Weasley. Yeah, I wonder where he's going. With yeah. the other Weasleys. Yeah. 
But they go ahead. They put the uh, oh shout out to earlier. We saw Ginny Weasley at the train station. Yeah, who oh, I yeah. Just forgot I she I was f- in this. I one. forgot she yeah. was cast for this one. Uh, and then we get um, we get Harry, and Harry goes on. He goes not Slytherin, and the hat's going. Oh, okay. And I think all the other kids are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got, we got like, we got like a voice in this. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, why not Slytherin? You could be great. And you're like, oh, it's another Nazi, isn't it? Yeah. The sorting hat's <laughs> a Nazi. And he goes, fine. Gryffindor. And we'll say, yay. Hats off to him, though. Hats off to him. <laughs> I uh, like the hat. As an, as an aesthetic thing, the hat is brilliant. Let's talk about someone else who's brilliant. That's Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. He was handpicked to play Snape by J.K. Rowling and received special instructions about her, uh, sorry, from her about his character. Yeah. Rowling even provided him the vital details of Snape's backstory, not revealed until the final novel, which he remembered always. So that's the important mm. part. <laughs> that's always. good. I'm glad he knew because that could have changed how... It's got to inform your performance. You need to know yeah, that information. You do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Great Hall, if uh, so the Great Hall is based, I've heard a couple of different things and something here that we'll talk about as well, but it's also, I was in, when I was in Edinburgh, the, the Great Hall of the Edinburgh Castle is you can clearly see the inspiration. It's like a much smaller version of what you mm-hmm. see on the movie. But you look around and you go, yeah, this is the inspiration. So much so that she even had one of her book launches in the Great Hall of Edinburgh Castle. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. Uh, the floor in the Great Hall is made of York stone. Production designer Stuart Craig uh, invested a significant amount of his design budget on the stone. This decision was questioned at the time, but it proved to be a wise one, as the stone was durable enough to withstand the footsteps of hundreds of actors and actresses, as well as several camera crews, over the next decade to film the entire series. And now people... And now people go on and afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Talk about the floating candles. Real or fake? They're real, aren't they? Real, but on wires. Practical effects with wires, right? Real! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, candle shaped holders containing oil and burning wicks suspended from wires that moved up and down on a special effects rig to create the impression they were floating. Eventually, one of the wires snapped due to the heat of the flame, causing the candle to fall to the floor. No one was injured, but the decision was made to recreate the candles using CGI for every movie following this. Oh, that's a that's shame. Fair. Yeah, but it's just, it just a safety hazard. Yeah, I know. Food. Real Glorious food. Oh, wrong show. The stuff on their plate, I think, is real. The stuff in the bowls is fake. Okay. Any other else I want to guess? I'm going to say that's all real. Again. All real? Ethan? I think it's like a bit of both. Some real, and then it's just like paper mache chicken. All the food you see in the Great Hall Feast is real. Yeah. Chris Yay. Columbus wanted a very elaborate welcome feast to match the description in the book with roast beef, ham, turkey, and all the trimmings. Unfortunately, filming under the hot lights for hours at a time caused the food to develop an unpleasant odor. Oh. Despite the meat being changed every two days and the vegetables twice a day. For the following film, samples of real fell food was frozen so that molds could be made of them and copies cast in resin. Uh, uh, that's, that's probably where I've got yeah. my misinformation yeah. from then. Yeah. Uh, we meet some little kind of quirky things. We meet n- Nearly Headless Nick. Love yeah. Nearly Headless Played by John Cleese. Yeah. That's uh, Monty Python quota. That is. Uh, and someone doing their best, Dustin Hoffman from Hook. <laughs> yes. I don't know. What, it was like, that's Hook. That that's is, what that, that is. is Hook, yeah. Where's um, Peeves? How weird would that have been if we'd had Gilly Gilliam? Gilliam? Terry Gilliam. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, there'd been a. Would have what? Would have been. Throwing back, to, throwing back to Ethan's thing, you definitely would have had Peeves if it was Terry Gilliam. I, yeah. I got some stuff on yeah. Peeves. Hang on. <laughs> Good. Also, some stuff about the paintings and the staircases and the Gryffindor common room. You get the staircases move, the paintings are alive. I like that. And the Gryffindor common room is so much smaller 
than is needed to fit all those students that yep. we saw at the Great Hall. Yeah. They, they seem to like change how many students are in a year group oh, or in a house totally. like, for every scene yeah. that goes on. Uh, in, Maybe he's got a movie. In classes, Ron and Harry are late to their lesson with McGonagall. Hermione's not impressed. They go, oh, can you? She shakes her head and goes, oh. Yeah. And he goes, can you, Ron goes, can you imagine what would have happened if McGonagall knew we were late? The cat's sitting on the teacher's desk. Oh, my God, it's magic. <laughs> I love that he's so excited about it. That's cool. He goes, that's bloody, bloody brilliant. That's bloody brilliant, I believe he says. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. And she can't help but smile a little bit and go, well, as much as that does. It's not a kid tells me that was good, sir. I'm like, thank you for your, you know, building up of my confidence <laughs> in my chosen field. <laughs> I know I'm good. Um, <laughs> where are we at here? Uh, Snape's classroom, on the contrary, though, is really dark. Yeah, and every time he speaks, like they cut to Malfoy, he's just nodding, going, "Yeah, potions." <laughs> and then uh, Harry's like writing notes, like like not like notes to another student, but like taking notes on. Now, granted, it's like one word, like death potion. So if you're bottle. taking notes, bottle, you're supposed to be listening to what he's saying, right? Yeah, but he's taking notes on what he's saying. But he's not really listening, though, is he? He's not, not right, listening. Yeah. yeah, he's just randomly writing things well, down. I, I think it's supposed to design so the movie can go. Look, he's doing. He's doing a good trying. job. He's trying. Yeah. Look, he wants to learn. Harry Potter's not a clever student. He's just a naturally good wizard. <laughs> but you're then, a naturally good wizard, Harry. But then <laughs> Snape's like t- such a jerk to him here. Can you explain yep. to me what the and of course it's like the first day of potions class? No, of course I can't. <laughs> and Hermione's like, "Oh, I do. Oh, I please, do. Oh, please, every, every year seven ever." Please, <gasps> and the hand goes up, and they do the intake of breath. And I, they do the I, little I, wave with the hand. I was this kid. Oh, was Hermione, I, was, has, I was this kid. Hermione has non-function in this kid. And it's to exposit. It's to give exposition <laughs> about the magic. So, I oh, he, these these candles of magic and they float. Nicholas no, Flamel. I, I disagree. I think there's there's a, a fr- rather than go. We're best friends on day three. <laughs> it, it takes have time to, to develop. Stuff. You have yeah, to go yeah. through stuff. Ron and Harry are best friends on day three. Yeah. but Hermione, they got. She doesn't have any of her friends. Because but she is a bit of a. She's a swashy know it all. She's she really hard it. to like. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't make it easy to make. Emma Watson's with it. really hard to like. Oh. Funny that. In this film. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> well, in this film, I can say whatever I want. Um, and so uh, when they were supposed to be doing schoolwork in the movie, they were given their schoolwork they were supposed to be doing in real life That's to do cool. during this time. Oh. That's cool. First one to the office where they said they were just, yeah, they yeah. set them all up with like actual computers that could play like solitaire and stuff. So, and send emails. And, and stuff, send emails. Yeah. So they would have look like they were doing something in the background. They also originally had pockets in their robes. Have you got that written down? I don't. They had pockets. Like, in their robes, they actually had pockets in, like they would have. Yep. Uh, but Tom Felton kept sneaking food from the catering oh. truck and bringing it on set in his pockets. So, eventually, all of the children's robes pockets were sewn up so he couldn't do it Jeez. anymore. That's funny. Um, Always that one kid. So, uh, Professor Quirrell's classroom was filmed on location at Laycock Abbey in Wilshire in a room known as the Warming Room. The cauldron seen in the room is not a prop, but in fact came with a location. Wow. It's cool. believed the cauldron's over 500 years old and was used by many cooks who worked for Queen Elizabeth. Wow. <laughs> but there's a mail call at this time and Gringotts was broken into. <laughs> the newspaper's like, yeah, and you know what was bro- it was? It was Vault 713. <laughs> Like, should we maybe not tell them? No, let's tell them. Let's tell the world. Uh, we go to flying lessons. Um, they have to 
make the broom go up. It hits Ron in the face. It's never a, a bad idea. It. It's not. A, it's never a bad idea to have Ron fail something. It's yeah. always good for physical humor. Course, Look at yeah, how bad yeah. Ron is. And Hermione, Hermione can't, can't do something. Because yeah. this isn't about book learning. This no, is this about... Is- Physical, physical stuff, stuff yeah. yeah. The teacher's the mum from my family, and everyone's like, oh, another British actor. But that, she's- that's every character in this movie is another British actor. No, literally, though. It's like, oh, which British actor you know here? Oh, okay. Um, Neville gets it wrong and starts flying by mistake, and then he gets a bit hung up. Um, <laughs> he falls down. He breaks his arm. A wrist. Wrist. Yeah. Uh, the teacher then takes Neville to the hospital wing. Surely someone else could do this. Surely there's someone else. Yeah, sure. someone you've, got ma- you've got you've got you've magic at your disposal. Use your stinking Anything, wand. Yeah. Put a fl- a flare in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and someone go, comes to you. Yeah. Madam Filch. And O Filch is the worst, and he hates you, you, kids. You, 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 but that is his job. You know, I know a caretaker's job is not to take the children. Places. No, but he. Yeah, but he can still help. He's I'm sure there's cleaning. other members of staff. Have you seen the size of that castle? It's only him doing the Apparently cleaning. the year seven class is like eight kids big. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but she goes, you know what's even better? I'm not going to take the brooms away. No, no, I'm just going to no, like, sit there them. and don't use them. I know I'm just, <laughs> I've just shown you how to use this new and very dangerous piece of transportation. Please, and you're really excited about being here. Please don't use it. And that's the thing is like the family, the wizards from like wizarding families, they would have already known how to ride a broom because they'd have had them like, in their own back gardens and stuff. So yep. it's not really a surprise when Draco goes, <laughs> gonna get on it. Speaking of that, uh, Malfoy picks up a remembral, which was earlier in the mail scene, and chucks it on the roof or in that direction, to which Harry flies up and catches it, almost smashing into McGonagall's window. Yep. <laughs> he almost. flies down. Harry is then, uh, he goes back and he holds it aloft and was like, yay, Harry! <laughs> Oh, you defended his honor. Oh, you caught oh. it so it didn't smash. Yay. Yay. <laughs> At which point then um, McGonagall comes up to him. And you're like, okay, she's going she's gonna to watch the children now. She's realized there's a class without a teacher. Harry, come with me. <laughs> also, we're, we're going to have two people walk out on this class now. But she's going to go and tell him off because he shouldn't have been flying. No, she doesn't tell anybody off because she goes off. We're like, we're like, oh, like. he's in trouble. And this is again called Harry Potter gets rewarded for doing the wrong thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He gets rewarded for a lot of things. Didn't yep. He? Is it, here's your new seeker because there wasn't one already there, I guess. Because he's the seeker. Or, or did someone just get knocked off a team because McGonagall pulled rank? Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> no, they, they, their last seeker was a seventh year. Um, the trio are on the third floor and it's forbidden that the stairs move. They go running. They find a locked door, which Hermione gets them into. We have a small face off with Filch played by David Bradley, who in order he to also played a doctor. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, um, he plays the first doctor in Capaldi's final episode. Oh, did he? Re- oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And he then, he, yeah. he's also William Hartnell in the, uh, biopic about him as well. In order in to space. understand what he believed to be his lonely life, David Bradley and his cat rented an isolated Irish cottage in which to live for a month without communicating with anybody before filming began. Wow. That's Just method acting. learn to act. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the locked room was uh, a three-headed dog, and it's guarding something. Luffy. Yep. Hermione says, um, we need to go to bed before we end up dead, or even worse, expelled. <laughs> to which point Ron thinks she needs to get her priorities straight. Yep. <laughs> we had told some Quidditch rules. Quidditch. I mean, this was parodied in Hello from the Magic Tavern, if anybody's familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. Quidditch is the stupidest game. Because I don't understand it. You can dangerous game. So basically, you've got there's, there's three balls, right? 
Four balls. You've got your big... Well, there's three types three of balls. Three types of balls. The, the one is like your main ball that you would use for the sport. The big one. The one that you have to get through the yeah. hoop to score. So yeah. if you throw it through hoops, are they 10, 20, and 30, or is it always no, 10, 10 if you go? So let's not make it worth one point, like like would be sensible. Yeah. No, we'll just add a zero to it so it feels like more, right? <laughs> so you put it through a hoop, that's worth 10. And the whole time that's going on, there's these two bludgeons? Bludgers. 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 That can hit you and knock you off, and Which you can use balls? as an offensive or a defensive sort of weapon. Okay. So the but the balls are always targeting someone. The balls have a mind of their own. It's only the the uh, beaters who are the two with the clubs. You can use bats to help redirect them. That redirect them. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. But all this is poop point moot if you your your little guy happens to catch that little golden snitch. So you can have as many points as you like. But as soon as they catch that snitch, they, yeah. well, that's a little bit actually ambiguous no, because yeah. it, it says once. it's a hundred and fifty points, yep. but it also ends the game. So theoretically, if you're down by 160 points, you probably don't want your guy to to get to get it. Not yet, until you've scored a goal. So like There's... professional Quidditch matches are like said to go on for days and days and days and days because they don't want so they because they stop each other catching the snitch so it disappears again because they are they're never at the right amount of points to win. Hang on, hang on. You mean that's the real thing? No, 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 no. In the universe, however, there are people who role play and yes. run around on brooms and pretend to play Quidditch. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> this is the thing you could do. It blows and someone, my someone mind. I think Leah needs to go through this and then we can put the video footage of this on the Patreon. I'll <laughs> film you, but you have to be the one going to through this. <laughs> There's that one time oh where, like, oh, in the Wizard World Cup in the fourth one, that some team won, but they, di- they didn't catch that. Like, Bulgaria okay, cool. catches the snitch, but yeah, Ireland wins. Yeah, crumb? Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, we cut to Halloween, and Hermione won't come out of the girls' toilets. I thought it was quite cool how the... All afternoon. Like, I'm sorry. Someone should be doing a register. <laughs> well, yeah. Because if someone was, was, hadn't gone to any of their lessons and was there in the morning, we would know. You would, wouldn't you? We would. Well, We'd so be like, know, somebody needs to go do that. Classes, those classes are quiet if yeah. Hermione's not there. Hermi- like Hermi- yeah, Hermione's not the kid that you don't notice if she's not there. Yeah. 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 You, do, you do like a head count every, you know, twice every a lesson. day. Yeah. Oh, every lesson. Every, oh, every lesson. We do, we do, we do, a, oh, yeah, okay. we do attendance. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> we do one every five minutes. Uh, Hermione, we found us a troll in the dungeon. Uh, Professor Squirrel tells us, thought you'd want to know, and he faints. It's funny. Students back to your dorms, teachers to the dungeons. There's a lingering shot on Snape as he goes through a side door. Again, building us up to think that to get mm-hmm. there, which is done really well. It's done really door. well, yeah. yeah. The boys go to find Hermione, but the troll goes in there as well. And for a moment, while we talk the troll, how do the special effects look in hindsight? I think the troll's quite good. That's not too bad for the the troll. The troll's good. There's a lot of bad stuff in this film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Chris Columbus has stated in interviews he was disappointed with the visual effects in this movie, saying they they were rushed and he felt they were never up to anyone's standards and sought to improve them for the Chamber of Secrets. Is that why we don't get peeves? Because they try and fix everything else and don't have the time. Uh, no, I think we should cut for time. Ah, okay. um, this did not, however, stop the movie from being nominated for a BAFTA for Best Visual Effects. Like, I know this is 2001 and the Scorpion mm. King was a thing and all that sort of stuff, but... <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, no, I'm just... Oh, okay. Ethan? It's very um, smooth. Everything yep. smooth textured. Like, it's PS2. There's a great bit where uh, Harry's sort of being dangled upside down by the troll, <laughs> and then he does like a, like, like, like a, like a sit-up out of the shot, <laughs> and then it focus pulls to Ron, and so Harry goes, do something, sit-up, focus pull. 
Ron goes, what? And then Harry comes back down. back down. Yeah. Anything sits back up. <laughs> and they do the uh, Wingardium Leviosa, which we talked about. It's not Levi- Leviosa. It's Leviosa. Oh, Leviosa. <laughs> but he gets it right. And the club, which was going to hit Harry in the head, uh, goes up. And then it falls and lands on the uh, troll, who then has Harry's wand in his nose oh, and gross. lands face first on the cement. Uh, if that doesn't disturb him, I don't know why. And then all the teachers come in, and Hermione comes up with this lie about how she wanted to take on the troll by herself. Why lie? When she's know. not one for lying. Why? If she went, I was feeling upset. The troll came in, and these two saved me. No one gets punished. No. Georgia, tell us what was different in the books. Okay, so basically, in the books, she's hiding in the toilet all after, like most of the evening, afternoon. I don't think she actually misses any lessons, but she's in there all after all evening because it's Halloween, so they don't have afternoon lessons, which explains why no one comes looking for her. It is then when they hear there's a troll. The boys do go looking for the troll by themselves. They scare it away and lock it into the bathroom, and then go, "Oh shit, Hermione's in there." And then have to come and rescue her. I love the version of the books because it's got swearing in it. (laughs) (laughs) Harry went to Ron. Shit. (laughs) I want to hear Stephen Fry say that. (laughs) Harry pocketed his breath and said. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it's their fault that the troll ends up in there with them. But she feels. Okay, but in in the movie, though. Okay, so I don't think you've answered my question. So in the movie, why doesn't she just say, I was was in here crying. I've had a rough day. They came to save me. No one gets punished. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. She just she just makes it. Uh, she wants him to. She wants to be their friend. And why is the troll trying to kill him? She's a troll. Yeah, but uh, they're just they're just dangerous yeah, by nature. We get told they were stupid. So any living thing they see, they just want to kill. Sure, I guess. Okay. Um, Hermione loses five points, but Ron and Harry get five each. As McGonagall said, for dumb luck. Um, <laughs> the next day, well, and they're not. She's not wrong. No. Yeah. They do a really good job, actually, in this series of in the start of the movies. Like they're not quite Jake Lloyd in the Phantom Menace, <laughs> but they do like w- like beat these things by just nothing of their own doing. Just that like is, oh, that is Harry's entire arc. But then, but then, but then, as they get older, they get to be more accomplished more, and actually handle team. themselves. Yeah. yeah, I think still in in I think it's where it changes over at um, what's the cup one. Goblet of Fire. Uh, yeah. It changes four, over right? there. Yeah, so once we get to five, yeah. they start actually doing things rather than... Because at four, it's still... Your wands happen to be connected. That's the only way you got out of it. Oh, okay. Um, the next day, there's a Quidditch match, and Harry gives his theory about Snape being bitten because when the, this teacher show up, there's a, there's a wound on Snape. Yeah. He gets mail, and it's a new broom. Are we to assume McGonagall gave him the broom? That's I what I yeah, but no. There, he, there, there's a cutaway to McGonagall. Yeah, there is. Oh, and he smiles at her. Yeah. So I can't remember who it actually is. That, yeah. it? Th- these teachers are way too into these Quidditch matches. Because even Snape's like, "Good luck, Potter." Even if you are facing Slytherin, <laughs> Slytherin. It's like, guys, they you have need nothing to, better. You need to get your value. Life. Like, you know, like sign up for like, you know, a PlayStation Plus account or something like that. Like, control <laughs> fictional people. And why are we led to believe that the Nimbus Two Thousand is a the high deluxe we, thing. It's the newest in, one. In, in Diagon Alley, we did have four kids looking at the Nimbus in the store window telling us how good it was. Yeah. But when he actually plays with it, it's not. There's no no extra special. Fair, you, he catches up with 
Marcus Flint, I think it is, who's the other team's yeah. seeker, like who is already going for the thing and he catches that, up that, with him. So but it, once you catch up, it goes faster. But then why doesn't uh, it continue to go faster? Because once he gets there, he's just going the same speed the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah, Because no. he's busy trying to lock him off. I it, didn't, know, it, didn't, yeah. it looks elaborate, but it doesn't seem special on the field, if that makes sense. I don't know why a Gryffindor boy was allowed to commentate. <laughs> Lee he Jordan? Feels, he feels a I little... I love Lee what? Jordan. He, I don't know if you noticed, the kid was like, 10 points for Gryffindor. He had a Gryffindor scarf on. Oh, I thought on. that was a girl. Yeah. No, it's a boy. No, it's a boy. Oh, okay. Uh, Any system where someone is worth 10 points is stupid. I said that already. (laughs) Lots of shots of Snape and Quarrel, but of course, we're looking for Snape because we've been told to look for Snape. Lots of cutaways to Harry. Harry's just the first 10 minutes, just looking, just watching. Yeah. And they score and he goes, yeah. And then they come back and he goes, oh. <laughs> like he's not looking for the snitch at all. No. He's too, you, know, you know how you're not going to see the snitch? Because you're looking at everything else, Harry. Yeah, yeah. To quote Troy you're Bolton in High game. School Musical 1, 2, and 3, get your head in the game. <laughs> I think it's just the first one. It probably is. Uh, <laughs> um. Harry goes after the golden snitch after it was right by his face. Remember me? And he goes, oh, all right. (laughs) I saw this earlier in the movie. And then we see Snape, we think, doing a spell. And that's through some binoculars that Hermione's got with her, which is a great way to sort of put certain things in our attention. And if you look, like, um, Quirrell's, like, really carefully staring as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Hermione runs over to where Snape is, casts a fire spell. Snape catches on fire, and the broom finally behaves because the broom's like bucking him off like a, like a bronco and um so am i led to believe uh snape is trying to help snape is trying to counteract whatever else has, has been charmed so when he breaks the so when it when he, when he, he gets on fire it breaks his quirrels it breaks quirrels concentration too because someone's oh, on fire okay. because okay. they're sitting side by side pretty much oh okay he's just behind them so again yeah. she's actually she actually pushes past Quirrell to get to Snape. Okay. But you don't, but that's not shown. Um, Harry gets knocked off his broom, but he has caught the golden snitch. Uh, he almost, he almost swallowed the golden snitch. How did he get that in his mouth? I don't know. Harry movie po- magic. And then Harry Potter wins again. Hooray! By sheer dumb luck. So this is like, if you want to believe in the whole, like he's underneath the stairs and his whole thing is like, like a psychosis, like he wins everything <laughs> and he's rich and like all these things happen for him. And he gets to see his mum and dad again. Uh, the kids interrogate Hagrid. Uh, we find out about Fluffy, uh, the three-headed dog, Nicholas Flamel. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. And then Christmas comes and Hermione, uh, Ron, I don't know why Ron's left there, but his brothers aren't. I think it's because he's, he's st- staying with Harry. He stays to stay with Harry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does say something, doesn't he? His family's going to Romania to look after yeah. to visit a brother. I, th- I yeah, think yeah. that Percy and George and Fred are still there as well, but they're not shown. What, there's, so- there's a deleted scene that's got them all there at Christmas. Really? Yeah. Because when Harry, co- we'll talk about it in a minute then. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they use the common room a lot. No, there's, yeah, there's a deleted scene that's got them in the Great Hall all together all right. at Christmas. But if it's deleted, it doesn't count. No, that's true. So we can't, yeah. Um, anyway, we found out about wizard chess, um, which is pretty violent. <laughs> Ron and Harry are alone in Hogwarts. It's, it's in my notes. It must be true. <laughs> there's a hashtag after all. Uh, Hermione tells them to go to the restricted section. Uh, Christmas morning, Harry's got some presents, including an invisibility cloak. Use it well. Your father gave me the, the amount of stuff that he was happy to have been hanging on to for him. Is yeah. are we let's believe this is also um, Snape? That's no, Dumbledore. 
Yeah, uh, this is a Dumbledore thing. Yeah, Why would Dumbledore. Dumbledore have that? Because oh, he's, he's Dumbledore. Because James Potter gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's he all this movie he was needs. going to Your die. father told me. <laughs> um, the restricted section scene was filmed in the Duke Humphreys building at the Bodleian Library in Oxford. They have very strict rules about not bringing flames into the library. This makes The makers of this movie were the first people allowed to break this rule in hundreds of years. Wow. Uh-uh. Huh. Harry gets scared, smashes a lantern, and then hides in his cloak, and we see Snape threaten Quirrell over the Christmas holidays. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that scene. Uh, so <laughs> you don't Christmas. make an enemy out of me. And, of course, we all read it the way we've been told to read it. It's, it's really clever. It is clever. Mm. Harry goes into a room and finds the mirror of Erised, which, if you spell that backwards, is... Desire. Mirror. Desire. J.K. Rowling revealed on her website she was asked to play Harry's mother Lily in this scene, but turned it down claiming she is not an actress and would have messed it up somehow. So instead it went to Geraldine Somerville. Do you have this woman's age in the age game, Ethan? No, Geraldine Somerville. Mini age game, mini age game. Let's all play the mini age game. (laughs) Geraldine Somerville, I'm pretty sure, played the love interest with Robbie Coltrane in Cracker. The TV series. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I'll take a word for it. I'm pretty sure. Georgia was very, when we were watching it as a group here, she was very big to go, she's not as old as she's supposed to be. How old is Geraldine Somerville in this movie? She must, what, in real life? In or real life. In, in real life. life. She's like 36. She must be 34. So 34 says Liam, Ethan says 40, Georgia says yeah. 36. Geraldine Somerville is, depending on your filming, 33 or 34. Woo! <laughs> so, and because the joke was that, of course, like you said in the book, she's like 21 when she has. They, they die at like 22, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so So birth control is not part of the spell, I guess, huh? Well, no, no. I, think, I think they knew because of everything that was going on. Voldemort's at his height when they are like just out of Hogwarts. So, so they're like, we must procreate. Basically. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, otherwise there's no Potter lineage because James Potter's a is an only child and grandparents okay. are dead so so uh, Harry Potter wakes up wrong because we, we said he goes to the mirror of Erised and he sees himself with his parents yeah uh, and so it's just it's just a touching moment they do look a lot older than 21 yes yeah um, so Harry goes and wakes up Ron and says I see my parents come on come on let's go let's go and they go to the mirror and he says oh I'm head boy and I'm holding up the house cup oh I'm Quidditch captain too <laughs> Do you think this mirror shows the future? And then we got the great line. How can it be? Both my parents are dead. <laughs> I love that Paul line. Ron, how poorly he does dreams it. are shattered. I think Ron deserves a bit of context for that comment because he he's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Don't bring up happy memories with with Harry. Uh, <laughs> hey, buddy, we doing the dead parent thing again. Well, no, Merry he has, Christmas, he has Harry! Invited him to come and look at the mirror. He hasn't fully explained. He hasn't fully explained. I look in the mirror. I see my parents. What do you see? Because he thinks that his parents I, are in the mirror I for know. everyone. He thinks they're in there for everyone. I'm just trying to say that Fred might seem conf- not Fred. Ron might seem confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Dumbledore says because he finds Harry. Harry becomes addicted to this thing. This is his new FaceTime uh, and says that men have wasted away in front of it. Why? And I'm like, why does this mirror exist? Besides, we need it for the end of the movie. He says, why is this in a school? He says this, right? That men have sat in front of it. How long was Harry supposed to have sat in front of this? He says back again. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Hermione's Hermione's not back from Christmas yet. Okay. I, I think that was one night. 
Oh no, I think he's been there he a goes while. Back again and again. The way and he again. insinuated, it's, it's, it's he implicit. Has. Yes, we don't see we don't see him go back. But I think from his comment, we have to suggest yeah, yeah, that yeah. Harry can't pull himself away from this. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, after Christmas, Hermione finds out about the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, I was looking in the wrong section. Uh, it makes someone immortal. Nicholas Flamel is 600 plus years old. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> we go to Hagrid's hut. Say, we know about the Philosopher's Stone. Or if you're in America, there was a sorcerer's. But Philosopher's Stone, it's just a philosopher. It just sounds nicer, doesn't it? Does. It sounds more magic. Rolls off the tongue. It's, it's four syllables. Philosopher. Yeah. Sorcerer. It's, it's too many sorcerer. Sorcerer. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Sorcerer. Um, the kids think Snape is still trying to steal the stone. We find out instead there are spells protecting it, although we shouldn't have told us that. Uh, we see Norbert, who is a dragon. Baby Norbert. And Norbert. we see Malfoy outside. Malfoy snitches. He's not, I guess he's blonde. He's kind of a golden snitch. Um, <laughs> uh, the scenes at Hagrid's hut were filmed on location on a small patch of land in London, not far from Leviston Studios. The hut was demolished when the shoot wrapped in case fans of the movie swamped it. Oh, yeah. Why can they have brought it over to the students? Yeah, I don't know. Stupid. Uh, each of the students are punished for 50 points. I hope it's 50 points each. They don't make that clear. No, she does I say think each. It's 50 says points. Each. Is it each? Yeah. yeah, she does say each. All right. Otherwise, if I'm Slytherin, I'm really mad. <laughs> uh, in the forest, they find... <laughs> He's got some like stuff from like the lawnmower man on his hand. Yes, and like what's that? It's like it's unicorn blood. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty bad. That's pretty so bad. They unicorns and they die here. Um, and so uh, Harry and Draco end up being put in a searching group with Fang, but Fang's a, uh, a, a coward. <laughs> and they come across something feeding on a unicorn, and Draco flees instantly. Harry's about to get got. I've got it written down. When uh, basically Harry's going to be uh, Chris Rock. I'll let you guess what the other one's going to be. When a centaur comes to his rescue. And, and the centaur suggests that the thing chasing him is Voldemort. Uh, this centaur was uh, not good. Not good at all. This is a really, like you can make the scene as dark as you want. That's a bad looking render. Why don't they just have yeah. a human standing and then uh, do the CGI back end? It's a great point. You know? I don't know. Because that would have been better. You could it? even put a man on like slight stilts in like the in green screen leggings. I'd have settled for two, two guys clearly in a horse costume. <laughs> <laughs> and that's laying on the floor with a unicorn. <laughs> this film came out around about the same time they did Lord of the Rings and they did like focus, like perspective. Yeah editor you could literally just like have if a, you think about yeah. the technology required for hagrid like it's done yes, really well it's done, done really really well. really well but then you get crap like this and you're like oh it's definitely 2001 yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> nearly nearly headless nick really well done yeah, yeah, yeah. fluffy well looks done. all right fluffy honestly. looks okay yeah yeah so, voldemort yep has just we assume that's him right yep he's about to attack harry right and the centaur comes to his thing what makes that centaur so powerful over Voldemort. Because uh, Voldemort's not Voldemort yet. Voldemort's feeding shadow, off of yeah. Quirrell. Quirrell's not a very strong guy. He's feeding off unicorn blood just to stay alive. Uh, okay, so what thought did he have that he could take on Harry then? Uh, well, he's a child. Harry's a child. And isn't armed, whereas like centaurs are like mythical creatures. Like. And, and at the very worst, Quirrell's a decent magician. Magician. Wizard. <laughs> Wizard! Yeah. 
this oh, is okay. how they do them in the stage production, which I think is better than the yeah, CGI that's fine. we get. That's fine. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's just uh, for people who aren't in the room with us. Uh, it's just a picture of a guy wearing uh, trousers in the back half of the trousers. By his back. There's a very small like back half of a horse just hanging <laughs> off of the backside. Like, Beautiful. Like, like just like, a teddy bear. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a 10 to 1 scale yeah. of real body to fake <laughs> that's body. That's funny. Um, and so, um, uh, just feeding off unicorn blood. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, he gives his theory to every to, to Hagrid. Snape is working for Voldemort. Hermione says that as long as Dumbledore is around, they're going to be fine. That feels like you should have knocked on wood there. Yeah. <laughs> they go back to visit Hagrid. Hagrid's playing the Harry Potter theme on his recorder as they walked up. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, John Williams, this is what we want. <laughs> Uh, it'd be great if he actually just played that by random and John Williams like I'm nicking that yeah that would that's be fantastic yeah. um, he reveals that he told the guy that gave him the dragon that music lulls Fluffy to sleep and Harry's like we go down the trap door tonight because yeah. Dumbledore's not there Dumbledore's not here uh, that night Neville exits sorry guards the exit that uh, Gryffindor says I won't let you guys leave you're gonna get us in trouble this kid cares so much about the house cup as teachers this is what we hope kids are gonna it never happens but some kids are gonna go no no you're gonna cost the house points and i'm like oh i'd love this there is one kid in out of all of just in one house yeah um and it's good old neville the, th- uh, the three of them the, the, hermione freezes him he goes thud on the floor pretty hard the three when they get to them to fluffy they find a music box has been put to put fluffy to sleep the music box conveniently stops just as they're ready to head down the trap door so they're scared down there they fall into the trash compactor scene from star wars <laughs> yes it is it really is it is they even have a little slug creature trying to yep. kill one of them yep um but they need to relax because it's part of herbology and uh, devil's bane will let you go snare. snare thank you and then they hate sunlight so hermione flashes a light that is not sunlight and you say that her spell isn't just lumos it's lumos Sol or something which that's would great that it is a, a sunlight alternative i know what i saw it didn't look like sunlight to me <laughs> no. that looks it like very cold white, white hard <laughs> light like when i go to, to tesco and i buy the wrong light bulbs and rather than the warm oh, yellow i yeah. get the cold like bathroom white yeah yeah no don't want that um and so um the next of the trials i guess is uh carrie's got to find a key because uh, there's a thousand keys all flying above for this door. Uh, Liam, did you were you old enough to remember a show called Nightmare? Yes. This whole last part of the movie was very nightmare to Do me. Do you want to know another little interesting fact? Yes. All right. You know when they go into the nightmare um, game thing? Yep. With the- this really is just for a certain niche version of our British audience. There's an but- arch they walk through, and there's a castle. Yeah. That's Castle Rising. Down oh, the road. shut up. Is it really? Yeah, but- There we go. <laughs> is Nightmare, like, See? trapped where Norfolk it's kids having to go through? Nightmare was this very early CG kind of game. Yeah where uh, you would have someone who would have a helmet put over their heads they couldn't see. It was it was a children's game. Yeah. And then uh, through the use of live actors and very early stage computer-generated a- animations, uh, the three friends would sit by a monitor and watch and give instructions yeah. to their friend who had the helmet on. And you had to go through a series of... Uh, rooms different rooms kind of kind of like like an rpg but like a human was like the actual like video game character yeah 
and it was like really difficult and it made no apologies for that no like i think only like 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 you go like a whole season and like one team would win yeah it was so oh much and like kids would be out within like sometimes within like the first room they yeah. die <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, kids were just like brutal like, turn left the kids t- yeah, turning yeah. right ethan was on there he's going <laughs> <the wrong way. laughs> he was it was also my favorite show and it was on just as i left they, they rebooted it on youtube a few years ago Did they? yeah, yeah. Did they? and there was this great guy who was like hosting it and he was a hundred percent he was kind of like haggard in many ways actually so enthusiastic about so it. that's nightmare with a k yeah there, there was a computer game version of it like for like dos basically yeah and I, I downloaded it like in the early 2000s and played it for days i was like this is it was really difficult i loved it oh, brilliant. yeah i think our generation version of that is like trapped which was just you put a load of kids in like this massive tower and one of them is told by like some evil witch you need to try and like sabotage them and then whoever loses is said to just stay in the tower and die it was a good show. To okay. Yeah. 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 I think my link for, for nightmare to this was that it looked like it. So, uh, where was I at here? Uh, oh, so he has a keys, right? Yeah. And so thinking, which keys, which, and one of them just has a broken wing. Why? If, okay. If this is supposed to be security defense, why make it that obvious? Yeah. Cause that, well, it's only obvious because someone's already grabbed it and used it. It's because Harry's good. At if someone's already grabbed it and used it, it, hang on to that thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had a question about that. Wait, so this is the one thing that doesn't reset? Oh, it has. It's reset, but the wing is noticeable now. So everything else, the damage in the door, all that stuff doesn't matter. Just the just the wing is the only thing that actually has permanent effect from the previous user. Well, the, the chest set has permanent effect as well. That's why Harry and Hermione have to play pieces, because they were destroyed in the last round. No, no, but I mean with the... Someone obviously used the keys before them, so why aren't the keys still stuck in the door? Mm. There we are. Still open. Um, anyway, yeah, they're all really like timidly just flying, and then Harry gets on the broom, and all of a sudden, like all the keys are like crack Harry, <laughs> and Harry goes and attacks the really easy to find one because of the broken wing. Because the audience needs to be able to see it too. That's the answer. Yeah, that's true. But within the universe, I don't know. And so they go ahead, and he gets the key, and he's like, "Here." He throws the key down. They get in, and Harry flies into this adjoining room. They shut the door, and every other key impales itself like a knife. Yeah, into the door. <laughs> now the worst that Harry ever got when all these keys are flying around, he's had like wave in front of his face. Yeah. Like no key ever like slapped him over the side of the head. Like Will Smith. <laughs> I think every key should have just had a tiny little knife. Yeah. Just for extra protection. Um, and so uh, then they go to a game of chess. I got my notes. They see a chess board and I'm getting massive nightmare callbacks. Um, <laughs> Ron's great. choice of opening in the final chess match. It's called sensor counter opening or the Scandinavian defense, which due to its asymmetrical nature is said to be highly unpredictable and difficult opening for either side that rarely results in a draw. I would like to say that I've played a lot of chess in my life. Rarely results in a draw is pretty much every opening. Yeah, I say chess is very rarely a draw, is it? Like you can have stalemates, but it's not—they're not common at all. Unless the two people playing are both really awful, or both really good. Yeah, yeah. The only times that like I, I've played chess, sometimes I'm good uh, when I get my lefts and rights correct. But it's when you're playing <laughs> it with, hey, uh, when it's like one of those timers, and the timer runs out, and both people don't have enough time for uh-huh. it. But like that's—I I used to be really good. Yeah. I have never played when a was, game of chess in my life. When I was a teenager, when, I think when my dad died. There was this guy who worked, uh, my mom was tending bar at the Royal Canadian Legion. 
and often in the afternoons, but we'd go and say hi. There was like a social room in the back. Mm-hmm. So we'd go back there, my sister and I, and hang out sometimes for an hour or two, do some homework, things like that, because it was just an empty room. As long yeah. as we kind of kept ourselves relatively uh, quiet. Yeah. No one really had an issue with us being there. And there was this old, this guy who was, I don't know, he's in his 40s or something like that. And I think he kind of felt sorry, this, you know, this lad, uh, you know, son of the, the, the barmaid. And he, so he taught me how to play chess. <laughs> and uh, pretty cool. I ended up being pretty good at it by the time it was done. Like, I, I don't think I don't beat him or anything like that. But you know, he, he took some time and taught me a skill for what it is, or at least an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I played chess as a kid, but I never played chess in the fact like I knew, right, if they're going to move that move or that move, I'm going to do this move, that move, that move. And if they're going to do that move, I, people talk like, like four about, moves ahead. Yeah, I was about I, two. No, I was. If I do there. this and they don't <laughs> screw up, I'm going to do this next. I'd be yeah. about two moves ahead. Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was it. I was never anything special, but I was good at doing. Yeah, one, two sort of things. But if he did yeah. something I wasn't looking for, I don't know what he's doing. No. Yeah, so, um, Roman in the giant chess game is even more impressive if you consider he was playing with a severe handicap. In addition to protecting his king, he also had to make sure that the pieces Harry and Hermione representing were not taken, as it means they would have been seriously injured or killed. Chess essentially involves sacrificing pieces in order to protect one piece, but Ron focused on protecting three pieces, which is not as easy as it sounds, though he no. proved he was willing to sacrifice himself in order to achieve this. So they play the full game, and really it's probably the easiest sort of cinematography they've had the whole game. It's just a montage and going <laughs> knight to queen's rock four and he's pointing i'm gonna be a knight or you there move there yeah. <laughs> um i like this scene though rupert grint uh he, he gets um, he makes the last movie sacrifices himself so that harry can make checkmate and um as he does so the queen or whatever it is pierces the horse the horse and he falls down and he lands and it looks like a piece of debris hits him in the head it does um rupert grant was actually injured uh after he falls a rock can be seen striking him on the cheek after he hits the ground i saw that and a cut appears as it does it yeah um so i've got ron sacrifices himself for the rest why did he get a platform i think you just explained that there were two pieces that were permanently destroyed just two though (laughs) but did he need to be on the horse Uh, probably not. He probably actually, actually, he yeah. probably could have just stood behind the board. I don't think Snape, like, or, or Quirrell was like, I am the bishop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's been my whole, probably, my, my probably question just, for years. I'm going to stand over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's been, who, who's the queen? <laughs> Hermione tells Harry to go on because he's a great wizard. She's just clever. And I had mentioned that this ending's great because it gives everybody a chance to kind of Shine. save the day at some yeah. point. And Georgia, you mentioned that actually Hermione doesn't get that. Yeah, she doesn't. She gets it in the book. She has her. There's a another task before the. I think it's after the chess, but before oh, the, the mirror room. One? Yeah, there's a room that basically yeah. once they're in it, fire shoots up on either side of the the door in front of them and the door behind them. And there's a table with I think seven different uh, potion bottles on it and a riddle that they have to solve. So one of the potions gets you back through the back door safely. One gets you through the front door safely. Uh, two have got nothing in, and I think two are poison basically. And so it's Hermione that is able to figure out the logic of this puzzle to get her to go back to save Ron and to get Harry to go forward into the mirror room. And that's at least more of a logical, um, like, why they split, as opposed to Hermione just now going, you go on, Harry. Yeah. It's like, I think Ron's going to be okay. (laughs) Surely, whatever's on the other side, two of you is better than one. You're the one who knows all the spells. Yeah, she also goes back because they've realized that it's a set Dumbledore being sent away as a setup. 
So they go, she goes to like, to like write an owl to Dumbledore, basically, as well. Yep. Which is what they say, write an owl yeah, to Dumbledore, yeah. but it's not really explained. No, so, he's okay, fair enough. come back realizing that it was a setup before yep. he even gets out. Um, and so, um, it's, and then we go to the reveal, and it's, you're starting to see Snape, and it's, it's Quirrell. And he goes, You. And he goes, Yes, me. He goes, Well, you're supposed to be Snape. And this is where Harry just turns into the, I need to make sure the audience knows exactly yeah. what everybody's thinking. <laughs> is it um, already worked out? She goes, Yes. And, but you tried to kill, no, no, I tried to kill you. And Snape was doing his best to try and protect you. And, you know, he's trying to save you. And if it hadn't been for that thing, which where Harry goes, I wrote it down. Snape was trying to protect me. And then he goes, but that means in Halloween, you let the troll in. (laughs) So my question here is, if he knows that Snape was trying to help him in this one, why is he always thinking that he's not in the others? Now the issue is just that he just doesn't like him. Oh, okay. That's more of an issue. Uh, Quirrell summons Potter over. I thought he was possessed, but apparently not. Uh, Harry finds the stone in his pocket because the mirror of Erised, which we're not told this at any other point, but all of a sudden now apparently, it, I mean, this is like when in, 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 um, oh, what was it called? Um, oh, isn't the last Jedi? They start passing things back and forth, Ethan. Oh, and they uh, do the thing with sort the, of, but then it like goes for real and Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker introduces we can heal each other. Yeah, but uh, in Rise of Skywalker, they have that bit where it's like they, they pass he, they pass the lightsaber. Yeah, he feels he feels the rain in the last yeah. shadow. But oh, okay. in Rise of Skywalker, they then have the, I mean, the lightsaber. This is like this is like this. The mirror is like I, you know, this is for a movie that's going to come out in twenty years and will will really suck. But here it is. Let's go ahead. <laughs> and so Harry's. I'm talking about Rise of Skywalker, and it's got the uh, and it's got the stone in his pocket, and he feels it. Goes, oh, okay. Now how Quirrell can't see this is beyond me. Probably because he's got some sort of thing munched on the back of his head. So he says you think it's me let me introduce you and he kind of unwraps his head because he has been born kind of a turban the whole time yeah brave choice yeah yeah but why did harry see voldemort eating the unicorn that, that was crawl oh as well it's the two of them okay but he's feeding sense. it kind of probably in the back of his head oh okay yeah that sense, that's yeah. what keeps him alive yeah, yeah. yeah. so and he's more of a parasite to him though. absolutely is oh okay. and so uh, we get the reveal, and I want to know why Voldemort has a nose. <laughs> Clearly, they just, hadn't figured out slits. the character. No, no, it, it's it's a full out nose. I it's was looking for it. Nose, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very much. They hadn't figured out the character design of Voldemort yet. Because the they knows that that he won't have it later. Who knows? <laughs> Ray finds and smelled that part of. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um. And so he tells Quirrell to stop Harry. Like, Quirrell's an idiot. He um, is an idiot. The stone we find out can give Voldemort a body. Like, this is so late in the game to be finding this stuff out. Yeah, you need to know that. Oh. Quirrell tries to strangle Harry, but it doesn't work. Now, here's my question. <laughs> when Quirrell strangles Harry, why does that not cause his... Is it only the hands that can show love? The throat is not a loving part of the body? I hate this so much yeah. because it's... They, they do this dirty. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... In I know we're not talking about the books, but it is important because this no, I'm fine, this, yeah. this makes it look bad. You're not telling me like in the book their robes had four sashes <laughs> rather than three. No, this is this is plot centric. So basically, he goes over to touch Harry originally, and it's Harry that hurts. 
Like he really, really like you know because his scar hurts when he's near Voldemort. Yeah. When Quirrell touches yeah. Harry, it burns. Oh, we didn't mention earlier. It's like, oh my, my scar's burning. I think it's a warning. The trouble's coming. <laughs> it's like, jeez. Keep going. So like it hurts. It hurts Harry to be to, but it hurts both of them. And so, but it's hurting Quirrell less to begin with because it's Quirrell touching, not Voldemort. So it's slightly different. Anyway, he goes to grab him again and it burns Harry really badly, but it then starts to burn Quirrell. So Harry realises if he can fight through the pain, because it's a lot worse for him, he can grab hold of Quirrell's head and the back of his head and get Voldemort. Voldemort's so like kills. biting him. <laughs> Bite him. <laughs> <laughs> Quite quarrel between me and you. We both got mouths. One of us can get him. <laughs> We're gonna quarrel with him. So basically, Harry has to put in a lot more effort and sacrifice his own like pain in order to kill Quirrell in the in the original one. Because this, this it just this is, is such an underwhelming finish. Yeah, isn't it, it is. Yeah, yeah because it, it's it don't he just touches him and it's like oh. Like, this is stupider than, like, War of the Worlds with the water. <laughs> or, like, signs when it's like, oh, they're, they're, oh, they're all, you know, War of the Worlds was the common cold. Signs is, it's water, the water, I don't like water. Oh, this was dumb. Yeah. But, yeah, in the, it, is, it is a lot better in the book because Harry actually has to put a lot of effort into touching Quirrell okay, and touching yeah, this was, to kill him. This was, because we looked and we thought we had mo- more time left in the movie. And yeah. it was like, oh, we don't have much long left at all. It's because this is so quick. Yeah. yeah. And so anticlimactic. Uh, so, like, the second one's way better of a finale than this yeah. one. Yeah. They get, the finales definitely get they better. They get better. This is weak. Um, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a question of how, because this could have been bad. I remember my sister, sorry, Kirst, my sister, um, <laughs> There was a, she's going to shudder just, just as I say. She already knows her anxiety's spiking. <laughs> Superman three. Yeah. Do you ever see Superman three? Yes. This woman like takes off her face and she's oh, oh that's my okay, that's my sister. She's doing the exact same thing right now. I guarantee you. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, it was like it traumatized her. Oh, I did. Like me. to the point where as adults, she's still doing it. I guarantee. Because the computer takes yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, it was, but oh. not but the of it, she's just got like this yeah. robot face. Yeah. It was so gross. Yeah, it was. And so the hate question it. is, you don't want that from this. I'm with you. And I, <laughs> and, and, and 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 I get that right. Yeah. But I, I think she struggled with, like, wh- where do you go? How scary is too scary for, for, for a children's audience? Yeah, this, yeah. this film franchise likes to make deaths turn into, like, dust. Yeah. Whereas, actually, they're more impactful if, if it's just a thud of a body. But they don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Cedric's, like, I, I watched that as a 21-year-old man. That destroyed me because that so one impactful. is just a thud of a body. That one's really because yeah. you also can't have, because the body needs to needs to remain. Yeah, because yeah. then there's, there's something to focus on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's like, a plot point, my son, but. my son, my my heart just sort of flutters. Um, and so uh, Harry picks up the stone and smiles, and then like like the evil spirit of Voldemort is like a breeze. <laughs> That's what's left of him, yeah. And runs right through him. Like, he can do this? Uh, Odd. I don't know. If you're from Canada, it kind of reminds me of this Heritage Minute where <laughs> they're talking about, uh, oh, it's about, like, how all the the, the, the uh, Aboriginal leaders threw their weapons into this pit and the great evil descended them. And it's like this terrible CGI face that comes out of this pit and then comes right into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like a tree stands up uh, to show it, like that we have peace now. <laughs> uh, it was, but this it always reminds you of this. And then Harry falls down because he's exhausted. He's ex- well, yeah, and he's, yeah. Did you want me to input my bit about the stone here about Harry's influence? 
Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, not yet, because Dumbledore hasn't explained it yet, so we will. So we get to the end of the film, and uh, so the end of this, uh, because Harry falls down. In the hospital, he wakes up. He's been greeted by Dumbledore, who says, what happened between you and Quirrell's a secret, so the whole school knows, which was cute. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he says, the Philosopher's Stone has been destroyed, but that means Flemmel will die. He says, yes, he's got enough elixir to put his life in order, but he will die. And then he goes, but I don't understand how he's able to get the stone. And he goes, well, only someone who would want the stone but wouldn't use it for their own benefit would be able to find the stone. And that's why you were able to find it, Harry. Which is a load of... If Harry hadn't have gone down there, Quirrell slash Voldemort would never have been able to get the stone out of the mirror in the first place. You just send all the good good, uh, teachers down, they would have caught him. (laughs) Because he wants to use it. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Harry goes down and pockets the stone... In a sense, Harry brings them the stone. ...and releases it from the mirror means that Voldemort can Could have gotten it. So Harry would have done less less harm by just, just staying stay away, away. <laughs> uh, if yeah. harry literally just makes, like yeah. went on if you sent ron who sees himself with the house cup <laughs> which of course is, is what harry does he lies and says he sees himself yeah. with the house cup and quarrel's like oh and then Voldemort's like he lies <laughs> how much of this like series doesn't happen chamber suit because i think still happens because that was his soul in a book but the rest of it doesn't well Ginny's taken hot i mean there's, there's more stakes yeah. than the rest of them but the yeah. the Chamber of Secrets bit doesn't happen if he is reduced to that in this. Right. Like, yeah. so if, if, if Harry just doesn't meddle in the first book, then the rest of the series is like, oh, never mind. <laughs> so he needs to meddle. Snape's keeping Quirrell in, in, in order, and the, yeah, it all, it all, yeah. It all looks okay. Yeah. All the they just wait for, no one, for Voldemort to no, die. No one's leading that. You know, no one's following Quirrell in the battle. It's just not happening. He's not yeah. raising a dark army. <laughs> Let's go, everyone. Um, I will say he's be- he's better once he, but they don't give him enough time. That whole yeah, last scene is so lines, rushed. It's they, so yeah. rushed. Yeah. Um, and so um, he says, Quir- "Do you know? I don't know why Quirrell couldn't touch you. He couldn't touch you because of your mother." And I'm like, "You're gonna have to. You're gonna have yeah, to say explain. some more stuff here, yeah. man." And he goes, "Because of her sacrifice." And they really saint the mum up. Mm-hmm. Like the dad gets like no love in this one. No, it's, Dad's a shit. It's he goes. It's because he, he kills he, he, Dad first. He was a te- he was a teenager, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, he was. He yeah. was. He was. You know, a lot of people are, are pretty jerky when they're teenagers, and we do. And we, and we are aligned to Snape, so we do yeah. see see things from Snape's perspective. Yeah. If we ever actually had a chance to see elements from, we had a little bit of it in the last movie, really, where mm-hmm. we see things from Lily's perspective ever so slightly. But not much of it. Not much, but I think it kind of gives an idea about kind of who they are. But I like the idea of James Potter is not a saint. The, oh, se- the, not, problem no. that his, the problem is that his son is. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, no, so like, where is it? So yeah, James is, Voldemort comes to the house with the intention of killing uh, the Potters, like James and Lily, has no intention of killing Harry. It's only because she won't step out of the way that he goes for her and then him. Yeah. Like if she just lets him, if she steps down and goes, all right, kill me, he does, he lives anyway. Yeah. But because she won't step down, that's why she gets the kind of like hero worship because (laughs) she tries to save Harry with, but yeah, I don't know. It sounds a bit silly. It does. Uh, So, um, but he says, Quirrell couldn't deal with the love that you have in you. You are the symbol of that love. And I was like, this is, this is very Doctor Who explainy, rainy, timey, wimey. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Let me explain this because no one understands. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of the hospital, it just so happens that Ron and uh, 
and Hermione having a talk by a, by a, by a banister. Yeah, they're just chilling on the top chilling, of the landing. Yeah. So they can both see and they can go, you all right, Ron? Yeah, I'm okay, Harry. Hermione, you all right? Yeah, yeah I'm all right, Harry. Harry. <laughs> In the least convincing sounding conversation ever. Should we come down to you? Nah. Should I come up to you? Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go to the end of the year and like, if I'm a Slytherin, I totally hate Harry Potter. Yep. Because like you've won the House Cup, there's green banners everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. Dumbledore's and Dumbledore's an ass here. <laughs> he lets them decorate it. He yeah. says, "Come on in, sit down, eat." He goes, "Oh, by the way, kids, <laughs> I've decided He's to award." Like Voldemort. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> the boy who lived. The boy who lived. Come to die. Come to die. <laughs> 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 that's brilliant that's so he awards like all these extra points to Gryffindor including like and at one point because I was losing track I'm pretty good with math but I was like I wasn't paying that much attention to where they were uh, thankfully Hermione goes we're tied we're tied with Slytherin and at which point I would have loved it if he went and to Draco Malfoy one point and the Slytherin wins yes but he goes to Neville which is nice because Neville does the right thing but it's really weird how, like, st- you know, to stand up to your enemies. It does sound like Voldemort. <laughs> it's one thing, but to stand up to your friends is even harder. Ten points. Harder. It's like, wait, hang on. It's 50 points to play chess. It's ten points to stand up to your friends? Also, Hermione's 50 points make no sense. Make no sense because we skipped her scene. Because her scene's not there. Yeah. yeah. She wrote um, a letter. Yeah. Um, so... Dumbledore, uh, so they, I believe a change of decoration is in order, and they swap it, and the other two houses are like, "Yay, Slytherin lost!" Because <laughs> three houses throw their caps yep. in the air, yeah, they not do. one. They do. Brutal. Again, there's an explanation. It's because it's the first time in seven years that Slytherin hasn't won. But like, that's well, still. Take it and they go, you know, and we'll be given points, and you know, and it's, it'll see if Slytherin can continue their run of six straight years. Yeah, uh, yeah Ain't Ravenclaw much, supposed to be the clever ones. Yeah, <laughs> a Ravenclaw kid could have gone. You're tied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at the the irony f- is, apparently, I'm a Ravenclaw according to the Pottermore thing. Okay. At the end of the film, uh, how is everybody okay with sending Harry back? He has to for the love protection to continue working again. Lame. It is. No, no explanation in this. Hagrid no. says, oh, you're going to leave without saying goodbye, are you? And he gives him, he gives him this photo album of like Harry as a baby with his parents. He's, He's definitely like, looking at the boys. And he goes, there you go. And I'm going, you had this the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> like Harry's sitting in front of an, a mirror by himself in a room. You couldn't give him this actual photo? <laughs> you absolute ass. <laughs> I love how the photos move as well. Yeah. Yeah, wizard photos, they all move. Like, yeah, it's great. Gee, when could we have given this to Harry? I don't know. You were with him on his birthday and you got him an owl. <laughs> you got him and a shitty cake. Maybe at Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or Harry never gets mail. Well, that'd be nice. I'll give this to Harry. He'll get it on mail day one day. <laughs> mail day. <laughs> Not Sundays. Not Sundays. No. Harry, if you Sundays. keep quiet about my three-headed dog, I got some photos of your family. And they talk about threatening Harry with ears. Not threatening Harry, Dudley with ears, Dudley, in case you yeah. have any more problems. So, and that is our movie. Um, Chris Columbus was amazed how beautifully Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint matured over the Harry Potter franchise. Word. Like, they got lucky. These are yeah. three very good-looking yeah. people. Yeah. Even with stylists. Uh, compared to some child actors and actresses who start out adorable, Tom Felton, and either lose that or become bad actors or actresses as they grow older. Oh no, Tom 
that one's still good looking. Tell you who they got lucky with, Neville, because he went from oh kind of kind, kind of slightly awkward looking to like dead ugly. Yeah, to, to like, like what? Really? <laughs> to the point well, he was like have... referred to as Neville Longbottoming. Yeah, if you like, yeah. Oh, yeah. if you like, have an ugly, oh. ugly duckling moment. He's totally an ugly duckling in this thing. They oh, had yeah. to give him like fake prosthetic teeth at the end. He's got like like a ripped like eight pack at the yeah. end. Yeah. Oh wow! All he the plays, dudes. He plays rugby and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like proper, oh, absolutely. Proper <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about the post-credits in a little bit, but talk about how this was received. Because just, just, just humor me for a minute. Much of the criticism from Harry Potter came from a small number of evangelical churches, uh, Christian churches, who hold the series depictions of witchcraft as dangerous to children. In 1999, a spokesman for the a document uh, focused on the family, an American evangelical Christian group based in Colorado, outlined the reasons for his opposition, saying they contain some powerful and valuable lessons about love and courage and the ultimate victory of good over evil. How However, that positive message is packaged in a medium, witchcraft, which is directly denounced in scripture. It's been the Harry Potter's and the subject of at least six book burnings in the U.S. Um, in 2002, there was a comic book uh, designed to sort of spread information amongst Christians called The Nervous Witch. It declared the Potter books will open a doorway that will put untold millions of kids into hell. Um, in 2007, Jackie Kamalishes wrote in Christianity Today comparing Harry Potter to poison mixed with orange soda. Sorry, rat uh, poison mixed with orange soda. And said, so we're uh, taking something deadly from our world and turning it into what are calling merely a literary device. And they're hitting one part of the Bible, which I'm just going to read here. There should be none found around you that will make a son or daughter pass through the fire or the use of divination or observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consultant with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer for all those things that do are an abomination unto the Lord. I will say this. When I was a kid and I watched White Man Can't Jump and I'm like, I want to be a basketball player. Yeah. I sit here before you, not a basketball player. <laughs> Me either. Nor am I a comic book superhero, nor am I anything. And if you want to talk, I'm we talk about Jedi. We talked about Star Wars earlier, and it's the idea that, you know, Jedi, it's a, it's a mystical religion yeah. based about something flowing through you, and you have to de-tap into a greater force in the universe. It's just one generation going, no, no, that was okay when it was mine. Mm-hmm. But when it's you, someone, oh, no, no, this is a, and we come from a country here, we talk about C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien or Enid Blyton, yep. magic and fantasy elements yep. have always been part of something, but it's not at any point, they're not letting themselves be possessed by like no. a spirit in order to do anything. If anything, like the fact that for a while, I don't know if it still is, but for a while, a few years ago, Jedi was a, was a, was a recognized religion. Yeah, I don't know if you're helping my argument, any. No, 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 but that's <laughs> no, no, but like. I would say, if anything, that's the one that people should have been yeah. watching for, not the one where you're either born it or you're not. Yeah. Whereas a Jedi the, is like, you can Because the values it. that were presented here are still like sacrificing yourself for the greater good, yeah. standing up for what you believe in, yeah. kindness, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, bravery. Uh, the debate has inspired at least two satirical internet urban legends. I'll talk about one. The one in 2001 from The Onion uh, published an article entitled Harry Potter Sparks Rise of S- in Satanism Amongst Children, in which they <laughs> quoted the high priest of Satanism had described Harry Potter as an absolute godsend to our cause. This article was copied into a chain letter and circulated amongst Christians as proof of their views. <laughs> and in response to the criticism that the books promote Wicca, a number of Wiccans and other commentators have argued that tr- the critic's definition of Wicca tends to lump together many various spiritualist practices that have little in common and have said that the magic in Wicca does not line up with the magic depicted by the Harry Potter books because in Harry Potter, it's just you flick your wrist, you say this word, this happens. In Wicca, it's all about uh, invoking a deity in order to make that occur. 
Okay. So, so it doesn't. Sorry, it's different. It's not the same. It's thing. different. It's not yeah, the same yeah. thing at all. And J.K. Rowling has repeatedly denied that her books lead children into witchcraft. Good shout. In an interview with CNN, she said, "I absolutely did not start writing these books to encourage any child into witchcraft. I'm laughing slightly because to me the idea is absurd. I have met thousands of children, and not even one time has a child come to me and said, Ms. Rowling, I'm so glad I've read this book because now I want to be a witch.' Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of fantasy and going what house kids want to know what house they're in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. Yeah." so uh, if you want more and if that sort of conversations something that you might be into i do talk with reverend bruce about it a little bit after at the end of the end of the episode so we'll do the whole theme music and the da 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 and then you'll hear from us do you know what i love about a public book burning or a record burning you know like the beatles when they said they were bigger than god and all this yep they're helping them they're going out buying the books to burn them but you know what i mean they've given them the the theory is you've already got the books on you Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, buying more to go. I bought a book so I can burn it. <laughs> Dave, I always thought that people would buy them to burn them. And you might. You know. That's what like happened with people Kaepernick, buying out though. newspapers, isn't it? Like, you're still buying it. All yeah. right. Well, let's see what we do here now. We're in the end game now. In the end game now. So for our gift of the week, our random word, Liam, what you got? Our random word is chess. 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 It's a nice one. So, chess, get a hold of your gifts and at best film ever pod. Uh, you know, it's the usual suspects usually, but bring in someone else. Come on. What else can you do? You got a week. It's going to be a lot of Queen's Gambit gifts a bit. Yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the money. Money, money, money. $125 million budget. Pretty sizable mm. budget. Yeah. What does it yeah. take home? Let's start with Ethan. 460. 460. Georgia? 340. 340. Liam? Five thirty. You guys are all way low. Really? really? You guys are forgetting. Like this is huge. That was huge. One point zero two billion dollars. Wow! No. By February two thousand two, this was the second highest grossing movie after Titanic. Wow! At that time. Yeah. Glasses count. How many pairs of glasses does Daniel Radcliffe wear throughout the entirety of all eight movies? All. Oh my god. Seventy two. Seventy two. Forty. Two. 42 and Ethan. If it's trying the entire, um, what, 400? You said 400? Well, yeah, if it's like individual different glasses. I okay. imagine the man must You're break high. Them. <laughs> <laughs> You're high. So your guess was about 50 pairs of glasses per film. That was your yeah, guess. No. I imagine so. Uh, George's closest, <laughs> 160 pairs of glasses wow. is the right number. <laughs> So there we go. Uh, the awards, it was nominated for, I believe, two or three Oscars. It'd be the most that it would ever be nominated for. And I think you have to get all the way to, like, Deathly Hallows Part 1 before it's ever nominated again. Mm. For oh, anything. Okay. Mm. So uh, it's it's not designed to win, like, acting no. Oscars. But you, yeah. you might go some of those te- technological Set or costumey ones. Stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Music. Yeah. Like. Yeah, music, absolutely. So, yeah, cool. um, but let's have a go here and go, who would you cast as who? Who would you cast as who neville you just said a name you didn't say who you would cast no i'm neville oh you're neville okay yeah i think you'd be hagrid you would be hagrid yeah only you're a bit more smart than him yeah because he's he's, for someone i'll I'll speak about this later in in my grumble (laughs) actually yeah Oh, so you're just, you're just bailing on talking uh, full stop. Well, yeah, no, because, <laughs> because that's my grumble. Okay, okay, so, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about my grumble, which is which was going to lead on that's to fine, this. That's fine, that's fine. So, uh, I, I don't know, I would probably, if it was me, if I was going out for it, no matter what age it was, I would probably go for 
Oh, as a child, I probably would have gone for Ron Weasley. Yeah. Uh, as an, uh, that's just because I'm just, I probably looked a lot like Ron Weasley when I was 11 years old. Uh, as an adult, uh, maybe Snape? Although he's really serious. Yeah. And he's maybe, not- maybe it is Hagrid. Or, or Uncle, whatever his name is. Vernon. Uncle Vernon. Yeah. yeah. I think I would be Snape. Yeah, you could do Snape. Um, and as a child, I'd probably be more Harry than Ron. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I've not really got, there's only, there's not very many female roles in this, actually, for this first one, that actually do anything, is there? There's nope. McGonagall and Hermione and Madame Hooch for that one scene. Yeah, fair enough. That's about it, to be fair. I yeah. mean... And is that her bully you, teacher? You, you, you or be, is that the second one? You could be She's the, not in this one. You could be the girl who uh, has the hat put on her head and doesn't say Susan anything. Bones. Yeah, you be her. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like I'm probably Ginny Weasley to be Ginny Weasley? Yeah, yeah. There's the trolley Ginny. lady Good luck, as well. Gary. <laughs> um, yeah, so and then Ethan thinks he's Neville. Yeah, Ethan, Neville's not a bad shout. Yeah. I got hotter later. Oh. <laughs> Bless him. No, you go you. You you believe yeah, yeah, you Yeah, you did. You stand in front of that mirror. There you go. He's been, he's been seeing what he wants to see. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, love you, Ethan. I mean whose story? It's Harry's story, isn't it? Harry's. Yeah, yeah all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Um Roll of Women, I think pretty Well, uh, George, what do you think? I mean, McGonagall's a, a big force in this. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um and, uh, yeah, that's about it, to be fair. No love for Hermione. I think Hermione's well, think great in this. Oh, she, yeah, she's, she's yeah, strong-willed. No, yeah, she is strong-willed. She, she's great. She's just particularly unlikable, which is a shame. She's celebrated for her, for her academic ability, which isn't necessarily something that frequently happens in films. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. no, no. She, she is more... She probably, I think and, it's because... And I, rather than go on the villainous side of it, she stays on the, on the, good, on the good side, side of, of it. it. I think I just dislike this portrayal of Hermione. Like we we, we got to wait till film three, really, before we get a proper female villain. Yeah. And HBC shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So that th- That's not even three, that's five. That's like, yeah, it's the fifth one. Oh, sorry, I'm mistaking the... You get Umbridge in no, five. No, my, my mistake was... Um, Who's, um, my mistake was HBC's Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my mistake was that I was confusing the debut of Severus Snape with the movie that that kind of Serious Black. Serious Black. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious Black with the movie that kind of yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah. talk to me about that. Fade the black. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't talk to me about Aww. that. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but no, I think the role one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not horrendous. I, I think I am just biased because I don't particularly like Hermione in this film, but. Yeah. That's that's something else. Okay. Um my favourite character hasn't even turned up yet. Is that right? Mine yeah. either. Well let's talk let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about favourite characters in this in this film. This film? Yep. Uh Dumbledore. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like Harris. I think he's great. Okay. Um I also like Hagrid in this. Uh because at the beginning when he gives the child away, there's tears in his eyes and he yeah. cares for Harry. Mm-hmm. And he spent a lot of time. Well, he probably cared for Lily and James as well. Well, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's probably why, though, because of his a little bit of them. Oh, that's gross! Uh. <laughs> you just caught on to what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> some Lily there. <laughs> 
they wouldn't have splattered. They just gotta, fall down dead. Got to wash the my shoes. Is, no one on the other end of no. this can see what you're doing. I'm just sort of brushing off my arms a little bit. <laughs> well, she did say they got blown up. That's yeah. kind of my thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Ethan, you got a favorite character? Uh, I really like McGonagall. I I think Maggie Smith just is great in this role, and she has she has a homely like niceness. She's just like a very very sweet auntie, or just like or or a grandma who who gives you toffees. Yeah, uh, I'll go with I guess Hagrid. Mm. I thought well, Harry's part of it because she's experienced because we're so tightly aligned to Harry. We we introduced to the world as he does, so his journey is really enjoyable for us. But as a character, he's just kind of a wet blanket. Uh, so I'll go Haggard. I don't I, think I was supposed to say that. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but I, I like. Um, no, one, no one got that. Oh, I it's did, a shame. Oh, I did oh, okay. half a second late. Sorry. Okay. I, I, I like. Severus Snape. Yes. See, I was going to say him. Serious mixed up with Severus. Severus Snape. I was going to mention him, but I think his is more of a different element, a different thing for me. What I like about him though is his screen presence. Alan Rickman, when he's on that screen, you can't do nothing but look at him, and his voice commands you to look at him too. A lot of the time, he's just it's just looks. It is, yeah, yeah that's, that's an incredible performance. Um, all right, best moment, best element. It's got to be the score for this one because it's the first time we get that. Score is very good. Yeah, it is very good. Yeah, um, yep. for, for me, it's the set, the set designs, and uh, Let's talk about set, baby, and the scenery. Well, you know, the, Let's uh, talk about scenery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, like I thought it was quite clever because I've been to Ghostland where they did the um, train station, the oldie yep. worldy one, and I've been across the bridge and all that, and I know what's behind it. So to have all the the scenery, I'm assuming as a painting of the uh, castle or the Hogwarts, and I think it's a model, isn't it? It's a model, is it? What it's superimposed with the train station? Oh, don't know. I, I, don't know. I mean, well, anyway, I think it's very clever for something of early as early two thousands. How um, the train station, which is real life, and then the background, which is not, how they blend well together. But overall, the scenery and the sets are amazing. Ethan, uh, it captures like childhood wonder, pretty like childlike wonder, pretty well, especially for something that is like two hours going. Oh wow, magic! There's a lot of this here, and I think it does it does it pretty well for what is like a kids' escape fantasy thing of what every child would love, and it doesn't make it too weirdly. It doesn't make it too over the top for me. Like it sort of has a, a decent. A de- not realism, but just a decent amount of of wonder to just like staying the pace for like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, either, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like I'm really struggling for the word. Tell Basically, what, a- go ahead. Yeah, but it just it does the ability of making this world not like real but believable, sort of for a child. Okay. I, uh, th- I think the hardest bit for me is I've watched it too late. Yep. As an adult, I'm seeing it through my oh, adult I, eyes. I, I watched it. Where, oh, so I was going to talk about... Sorry, go ahead. Um, where I've seen it through my adult eyes only like a few years ago and today. And so that childhood wonderment, I can imagine what that was like, but I weren't there in it and around it when it first came well, out. Well, I was older as well. I was, I was in my early 20s and I was... Um, I, I brought up the, the stuff of how the church reacted because the church I was at, they, they like, were, like preached against... Like, they spent like weeks just preached against Harry Potter. 
and I was helping the music. And so uh, I mentioned this with Reverend Bruce, and I was helping get stuff ready. I was getting music out because I was getting yeah. I was in the band. And um, they were doing like the teenagers. Um, Sunday school class or something like that upstairs, uh, right, right beside, and so I could hear what was going on. And for like the 19th straight week, some of the the evils of Harry Potter, and I was like, "Have you, have you? I'm sorry. Have you, have you seen it? Have you seen the film? Have you? No. Okay. So have you read the book? I said, "No." Okay, thanks. And I was just like, "Are we all just repeating what, what somebody else, what someone else has said? Is yeah, this yeah. like what would later happen with like social media? We just share something about reading it or fact checking it yourself, and you go, yeah. it sounds good. I'm going to share it.' And so I went ahead and saw it with that purpose in mind." And came out going, I don't see a thing wrong with this. Yeah. I don't know what's the, I don't, people are crazy because just repeating what someone else said. And you know, um, and the thing is, uh, America and uh, Canada are more religious than compared what to here. Are, I would say, yeah. so they pick up on things more than what we would over here. We just see it as a children's fantasy yeah. film. Yeah, and I think it was. I'm more so in the American South than anywhere else, but we're but just the church I went to. Absolutely. It was yeah. all the time. I was like, guys, give it a rest. <laughs> it's uh, a film. And if you want to hear more about that, there's more after the break on that one where I go into a bit more detail. Um, but my favorite moment element is the, is, is, is the fake out. Oh, okay. Is Snape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's not actually Snape because they had me. They had me the whole time. The first one I'm watching it, I'm going, oh, Really? Because I overlooked them. Because you're supposed to. Yeah, they. I, I did the same thing. Yeah, first really time. well done. Yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. well done. So obviously, you guys wouldn't. And did, you, did you read the book first, or did you watch the film first? Book first. Now, no, okay. film, no, first. film, film first. first. Now, Ethan was 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 five and having these existential moments about yeah, so how I great it was my, to my see ident- my identic memory had, of everything. He had like his book out. Was going. This doesn't line up with <laughs> what we've got. What we've got here. Oh, the, Excuse me while I go outside and look at my sign down the street. Smoking his pipe. <laughs> oh, I had one of those boards with like red uh, red string po- points where everything like, wait a minute, but, but Snape, Snape did this and Quirrell did, oh my goodness. Okay, we got a second thing to get through tonight, so let's power through. Uh, Grumbles. Georgia. Uh, lack of sassy Harry. Okay. Actually, he could he could have used some character in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could have done. Uh, mine, mine is Dumbledore at the beginning and says he trusts Hagrid with his with his life, yep. right? How many secrets does Hagrid give away <laughs> to the kids? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that maybe, either. Maybe something's changed oh, in the eleven years. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore said I trust him with my life. Yeah. You don't trust nope. him with a secret, though. Maybe, may, may, maybe if you cut back to him, now he'd be one. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ethan. Uh, I don't know how to. It's a very long film, and some of the scenes, like because it's long. a book, your your scenes will sometimes just feel like excerpts. But it's that sort of day in the life set, not set piece, but like moment, moment, moment. Ooh, cool plot, moment, moment. Ooh, cool plot for a while. That's fine, but it drags a bit because I don't enjoy Harry. Yeah. Uh, it's too long. You don't need to be with the troll. There's, oh, there's other ways you can build that up. Yeah. That whole troll subplot took, took too long. There's a few elements of that where you're like, okay, you clearly want something exciting. I'm sure it's in the book. I'm sure it is. But it's not essential. Mm-hmm. And if you're trimming, you could have stuff like that. But my biggest issue with this is uh, a titular character himself. Because actually, I didn't have a hard, as bad a time with the writing when it was Ron or when it was Hermione. Yeah. Now, granted, yeah, Harry's yeah, doing yeah. a lot of just straight man. You know, the meter of air said, what's that? <laughs> What's diagonally? How am I going to pay for this? Can you find all that in London? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he's also not very good. No. No, no he looks the part. Yet. He grows into it, though. So props he does to him look for that. the part. I mean, looks oh, yeah. His hair's too flat. Um, 
<laughs> best I mean, his best role ever i mean i think for the most part we would well, let's escape this of the main ones is there anybody for whom this isn't there is anybody who's gonna be able to escape the harry potter thing and they've had a best role ever somewhere else i think daniel radcliffe has got closest i've seen him in better things like i like him on stage but that's a different that's, that's totally a different, different thing that's a completely different yeah. thing because he's in that new film at the moment with the Oh yeah. Uh, is it Sandra Bullock who's in it? I think as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I liked him in. Is it? Is it? What if? What if? The romantic yeah. comedy in He's Toronto. Very good in that. Yeah. Pretty good in that. I um, love him in Swiss oh, Army Man. What was that TV show where he played a doctor thing? Oh, Young Doctor. Young Doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. Um, and also, I mean, Emma Watson. Being the beast. Oh, oh, being the beast, Perks the being big a one. Perks being a wallflower. Uh, it's it's it's, okay. it's it's much more of a of a supporting part than maybe we're yeah. giving credit for. Yeah, she's an idea, but she's not really. She was in um, Little Women recently. I haven't oh, seen yeah. that. I haven't seen, seen that. It, no, no. She'll be she'll be this generation's Kira Knightley. Yeah, Kira Knightley went and remade all the classics, and now she's gonna do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Kira Knightley though. Rupert Grint, he's done nothing. Rupert, Rupert Grint, Grint bought, didn't, didn't he buy an ice cream truck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he did, in a film called Bling Ring, weren't he? He needs to be. He did, yes, he did. Yeah. No, he no needs, that wasn't. That was, that was, was that Emma? Emma Watson. Was it? He oh, needs okay. to be in. He needs to be the next Doctor Who. That's my vote. Yeah. He was. Tom he bought an ice cream van and did a music video for Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a look now and we'll go. Um, I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Be one of our longer episodes ever. Let's go ahead and uh, age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. So cool. we've got a the two sort of trios here, I think. So we're going to start with Daniel Radcliffe. Ten. Oh, 11. 11. 11 yeah. Ian and Lima, correct. He is 11. Oh. Yeah. Uh, then we get Emma Watson. <laughs> 10. 11. 10. Uh, Liam's on a roll. Uh, both uh, you and George are correct. 10. All right. Rupert Grint. 11. Oh. 12. 11. Liam, y- y- you know this. He's, oh. he's 12. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then our trio of teachers, uh, we have Richard Harris. 11. <laughs> um, I genuinely don't know. 76? Oh, I was going to say 76, but I'll say 78 then. I'll go 80. Oh, I was going to say you were all close, and then Ian said 80. Uh, 70. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> They've obviously aged them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maggie Smith? 56. Oh, 61. 58. 66. Wow, Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Good old Maggie. She's been going yeah. since the 60s. Mm. Like, yeah. 50s, early 60s, yeah. And then finally, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. 54. <sighs> 57. Look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I was doing the same thing. He's doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing math. Yeah. Georgia was correct. He's 54. Hey. You say 54. Oh, I thought you were much younger than that. Okay, my bad. Well done. Is that it? Yep. Okay, great. Uh, let's talk about the critics. The critics. I didn't look up the IMDb or the Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, Georgia, why don't like you start us off? 76 and 8.1 or something. Yeah, it doesn't, like I said it qualified. It doesn't actually qualify. It was, oh, okay. But it was in the public consciousness, so I thought I'd go for it. Rather than go to Azkaban, which, which was a thought, I thought mm-hmm. it was better to start with Genesis. That way we can still have Azkaban in the back pocket. Yeah. It's quite funny, though, because uh, Felicity said the same thing. She went, that can't qualify, can it? No, nah, it's close. Oh, okay. It's close. The first two don't, then three and a few of the other ones don't. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. 
Right, so I've got uh, Jonathan Rosenborn from Chicago Reader says, I hear the J.K. Rowling books are great and on the basis of the 2001 movie, I'm ready to believe it. Uh, then we have uh, Rene Rodriguez from Miami Herald who says, it's pleasant, not as nearly as hollow as, say, The Phantom Menace, but it's never truly captivating. This then- is pod racing! <laughs> <laughs> and then we got our good friend Roger Ebert. I think he's going to like it. He says, during Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, I was pretty yeah. sure I was watching a classic, one that will be around for a long time and make many generations of fans. He's not wrong. Four out of four. Wow. wow. Oh, okay. Big fan. So there we go. Uh, let's take a look then at uh, our critics, and we'll start with the Patreon. Before, while you're looking that up, I will say that I put a fleece out, and the I did it very late, so if you didn't see it up, I do apologize. That's on me. Yeah, what, the great movie, good movie, that sort of thing. Tell you what, I still received 45 votes. Jeez. Wow. Uh, which, is, which is high. Yeah. Um, is it a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? 36% said good film, with 31 saying great and 27 saying okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. it kind of settles it's around great. that good. I have a feeling how you feel about kids' movies, maybe. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to poo-poo bit, on, yeah. on kids' movies, that might come up there. Let's see what the Patreon backers thought first, and then our friends of the podcast, then we'll look at as many as we have time for in the fledgling fandom. Uh, so from Hermes, I have, I remember going to see this one in the theatre, and although I wasn't into the books, only read one, two, three, and seven, I remember the distinct thought after seeing the true magic uh, that was the brick wall opening to Diagon Alley, and of, wow, movies can never be the same again. Uh for that, I can appreciate how influential these films were on the industry as a whole, from a technical side, time frame-wise, financially, and how the impact it had on pop culture an entire generation. Having said all this, <laughs> who really gives a fuck about the convoluted fantasy revolving around an orphan wizard and his friends after book three? Long story short, I have some opinions, but can't wait to hear the BFE crew's take. Sorry, who was that again? Hermes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we've got one from Nate who says, although it was a solid first entry into the franchise, Sorcerer's Stone might be the weakest in the franchise. I like the introduction to all the characters and the world that is Hogwarts. I always also really enjoy the adventure and the challenges of this movie and the comedy bits thrown in. It just falls apart with the child actors and some of the plot holes. I tell you what, it's got the hardest job because you've got to build the universe. Yeah. Which yeah. can sometimes be a positive, sometimes be a negative, but yeah. so mu- there's so many things you have to explain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is where Harry goes, what's that and then we get explained <laughs> what it is uh interesting yeah uh, next up we've got Juline who says Juline 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 I really enjoyed the HP movies and books and world building is extensive and beautiful the story is engaging and all the evidence pointing towards Snape was a great misdirect I took two points off for the Quidditch match because it looked really greenish, green screenish I don't know if it was a green screen but it really looked like it no they were really flying broomsticks <laughs> and playing <laughs> 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 Hagrid is easily my favourite character. P.S. Harry, Hermione and Ron, worst friends, doormates ever. Just ask Neville. Yeah. Thanks, Julian. Uh, then we have got Enz and Ian Davies. Making it so. He says, I liked it. It's hard not to compare it with the book and what was left out, but as a film on its own, it does a great job of building this magical world and introducing the characters. The ending where love wins over evil is a bit cliche, but works for the age of it, age that it was aimed at. Alan Rickman is perfect, and I think this is the superior Dumbledore. I won't rant about Ooh. the author here. I just try and say separate from art from someone I'm not fond of. Mm. Was that it? That was it. All right. Oh, no, sorry. That's not it. That was it. Oh, on end. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Reverend Bruce just says uh, we give them on the pod, so I'm skipping him. And then he puts in another one later, so. What do you mean we give them on the pod? He gives his thoughts on the pod. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Kate McRae, whoever says Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter movies are amazing creative stories and 
present the classic theme of good versus evil and the power of love song uh i love watching harry ron and hermione grow up together facing all kinds of challenging watching this very first film again it was fun to see how incredibly young the three main characters were when they started the dirties were so mean to harry it was so satisfying to see harry go off to hogwarts to discover who he is and feel a sense of belonging that he'd never had before i like how this point at this point in the series we're suspicious of snape so the series has gone has got some good plot, mystery plot points and character development i love how the stairs move as well as the figures in the paintings and the walls uh, Hagrid is a favourite character. He's so funny and lovable. Dumbledore is a classic wise mentor who always seems to be watching out for young wizards. I like how each of the three main characters have special strengths. Harry is a natural flying with his broom, so he becomes an amazing Quidditch seeker. seeker. Ron is an amazing chess player and Hermione is the smartest one, great at spells. Danger is often present in these movies but brings out the courage of all the protagonists as well as the protective power all around them. Each movie leaves you hanging, so you can't wait until the next movie so you can see what happens next. Cause I'm your lady. <laughs> Two, three, four, and, and you, you are my man. man. Whenever <laughs> you reach for me, for me, I'll do all that I can. With heaven's help, something I've ever been. <laughs> Sometimes I'm ready to find you know I'm ready to learn for the power of love. My girlfriend just came in to get something and just saw Ian like clapping rhythmically and like singing and looked so confused. Oh, the feeling that I can't <laughs> go on. Just before Christmas, and I had seen it many times in the. Well, hang on, give him the fall. Give him the fall. Yeah, give him the I don't fall. even know who it is. Give him the fall. It's like years <laughs> away. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I'll turn my mic off. Look. <laughs> Right, Chris Peterson says, I had actually watched this just before Christmas and I'd seen it many times in the past. I didn't give it a rewatch. I wasn't a big fan of the children's performances, but I think that does improve as the franchise goes on. I think it's more the dialogue and more and more the performances, sometimes a little over the top, but I like but the likes of Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith make up for it. The special effects have definitely aged, but considering the film was over twenty years old, they are not too bad by the, and they have a nostalgic quality to them. The score by John Williams is very iconic, cinematography is very good, and the set designs are fantastic. Overall, this is a really good and memorable film in the Harry Potter franchise. It introduces us to all wizards and magic uh, that all people of all ages can enjoy. Was that Chris Peterson? That was Chris Peterson. Thanks, Chris. And then Reverend Bruce says, a second submission from me, a few thoughts in addition to the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Getting his money's worth. It <laughs> says uh, the Harry Potter movies. Harry Potter. Harry Potter movies are a fantastic rendition of the seven books. Our kids grew up on Harry Potter, and we saw most of them in the theatre together. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Green, and Emma Watson turned into three of the best child acting performances I can think of. The supporting cast is amazing, from Hagrid to Alan Rickman and Snape, Maggie Smith as, as Professor McGonagall, and Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. Yeah. Rafe. Oh, is okay. It? It's Rafe Fines. Oh, okay. Cool. As Voldemort. <laughs> this is a carefully crafted world down to the nine and three quarter train stop to Quidditch and the moving pictures in the newspapers. The special effects get better over the years, but the Sorcerer's Stone is amazing. And yes, sorcerer is a better term for Americans than philosophers. No child wants to see a movie that might be about Immanuel Kant. Uh, 
we liken this to the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings, many symbols of good and evil, uh, the place of friendship and self-sacrifice, and that good ultimately wins out over evil. Just thought I'd give you a chance to catch a breath there. (laughs) I have checked it as Rafe. Okay, yeah. And then we get one from Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. I read all the books before seeing any of the films, despite being a grown-ass man. The two... (laughs) The first two books skew pretty young, so it follows the yeah. follows that the first two films do too. That being said, this is the first time we were able to do see the books transferred into film, so it was still a major event. He had the same sort of experience you did, Ethan, where he was like, <laughs> my childhood has come to life in front of me. <laughs> there are things they did well and some that they really didn't. The casting is exceptional. Exceptional. I love the... That they, chose, that they chose an all-British cast and there are some real heavyweights among them. The dynamic between Harry, Ron and Hermione is there from the start, even if some of the acting is questionable. They grow into the roles, literally. As with all of them, there are plot points removed from the films and having read the books helps fill in the blanks. This is my main bugbear with them. You shouldn't need to read the books in order for the films to make sense, but this one is the closest in terms of literal translation. My other bugbear That guy is, should definitely not see Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> <laughs> no. My other bugbear is Quidditch. She who must not, not, she who must not be named obviously has no clue. It's Jada. Uh, <laughs> obviously has no clue. Oh, it, no, it's not. It's JK. Okay. She who must not be named obviously has no clue about sports because Quidditch makes no sense. Uh, but then this is true in both the films and the books. The score is also amazing and sets the tone for the franchise. Anyway, I like this film, but it's not one of my favorites. Uh, then I think the last two are repeats. Yeah, that's Dwayne Smith again. And that's Katie McRae again. Yeah, I'm done. Have fun trying to tabulate those numbers oh, off. Yeah, I'll, give yeah. you some, I'll give you some time here. I'm going to read some up here. So I've got... Uh, hey, it's your sister. So we start the fledging fandom off with my sister Kirsty says, watching it on Thursday with the kids, Felicity's first time. Much nostalgia of nighttime movies in Barry with Ian, that's me. Uh, the kids are decent actors for their ages. She means their kids, not her kids. But it's uh, Rickman, Coltrane, and Smith. Uh, it's Alan Rickman, Robbie Coltrane, and Dave Maggie Smith, who make the movie terrific. Great score. Uh, from the first note, I guess Goosebumps and Felicity fell asleep. Aww. I was sure Felicity. Yeah. Much like the dogs, I think they played some music and she officially fell asleep uh the yeetmeister said didn't start watching the harry potter movies until i was in college i never read the book so i don't nostalgia factor for the franchise this movie's enjoyable though and a good start to the franchise although i love some of the darker movies more agreed ed from the film effects had watched all eight films for the first time a couple years back when the pandemic first started is you buddy yeah yeah i'd be a liar if i said the films weren't amazing because the majority of them including this film are wonderful pieces of cinema that are so well crafted and look incredible so good I might stop short of a wonderful piece of cinema on this one, but that's just me. Mm. Russell Osborne says, only seen this one as I'm not a massive Potter fan, though it was a fun watch, but would have no desire to sit through again. Hey, 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 Mr. Postman. A <laughs> uh, hundred things we learned from films said turf written. What does turf mean? Oh, uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist. Thank you. Written and produced shite. Hope you don't ignore the problematic J.K. Rowling stuff. Uh, I don't know. If, I, I, I'm sort of disappointed. I think we are. Uh, we're, we're judging the film yeah, and yeah. the film and how it came out and what what that means. I don't have a dog in, in the race. I'm not uh, here to, to bury J.K. Rowling. I'm not here to praise J.K. Rowling. 
Um, she has an, talk about her. She, she has an opinion, and it's really irrelevant to me in the grand scheme yeah. of things. How she feels about those issues is no bearing on how I feel about those issues. So that's Same. what that's kind of where I'm at, and I hope that's understandable. Um, that that's the that's the stance I think that we're that we're taking. Yeah, as far as our choice to continue to to review the film, and I know that the four of us will have different opinions even on on those things as well. And we've mm-hmm. managed to sit through and, and discuss the film. I think really quite uh, at some length, but <laughs> without getting you know. Um, being objective yeah yeah I think people come to the podcast and, and even for, for, for a bit of escapism and that's what we're doing here yeah, yeah. Um, your next favorite movie says fun fact about this franchise I've only seen the Goblet of Fire some friends dragged me to that one even paid my ticket without me ever having to see any of the others I do plan on watching the kids at some point though hey Josh Josh I know you had kids there we go when Harry Met Movie said we recently recorded an episode on this with app belated binge and it was a very solid film which pretty much sets the world up well for the rest of the franchise. I think if this wasn't successful, the series could have easily fallen flat. Well, how many franchises have we seen where they stumble on the first one yeah. and it's not going to make it there? Uh, Carlo, 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 says it's the only Potter I've seen whole. I gave up halfway through Chamber of Secrets. It wasn't bad, but just okay. Evidently, it didn't grab me enough to continue with the franchise, although I do plan on watching it all at some point. There you go, buddy. Thomas Capalone says, can't wait to hear this episode. This movie was my childhood. Crying face emoji, fire emoji. Is that you being upset when they blew up Harry's parents? That's what I got. <laughs> you, got some, you, you got some. You got some James and Lily on your shoulder there. Um, it's a musical podcast. The film's okay. It does a good job starting off bringing the world to life, but as often the case, the book is better. Griff says, "Thought you guys would be doing no posts on Sundays." Winky face. Great film, great score, and British cinema at its best. Only you guys will do the film justice. Not me. Not Hermione. You. Hey, thanks, Griff. It's been a while. Thanks yeah, a lot. Appreciate that. Um, Shoot the flick says it's the most kid friendly of the series, but it's still a fun watch. And Cult Connections finished by saying it's a right load of middle class wank. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, definitely not a fence sitter there. So. <laughs> There we are. It's funny. So, um, now really uh, all that's left to do is kind of, I got one more critic. Rick Mile only took the part of Peeves at his, as, as the kids. Uh, sorry, Rick Mile only took the part of Peeves at his children's, uh, at his own children's, oh my word. Oh, there we go. Let me try it one more time. Rick Mile. He only took the part of Peeves as the kids at his own children's school were talking about the books. So, who was Rick Mile and who was Peeves, sorry? Peeves is a poltergeist that basically causes trouble around and actually probably adds to some of the elements that feel a bit clunky and a bit like, why is this happening? And a lot of the lucky escapes and stuff they have are caused by either Peeves causing noise kind of or feels, those sorts of things. Kind he of he feels, runs interference. Kind of feels similar to what Dobby would do later on in the films. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a goofy little guy. Um, Rick Mile said, the film, with respect... No, with no respect at all. The film was shit. <laughs> so there's Rick Mile. If you liked this film, you'd like, well, I'd recommend the rest of, us, of the films in the series if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend uh, other sort of world building sort of fantasy epics. Uh, I might suggest Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. That's something yeah. you might like. Uh, I might suggest The Hunger Games. Not seen them. As sort of a world where children sort of redefine who they are. And what was it? Was it Divergent where you were sort of, pl- you had these... Yeah, yeah. It, it felt yeah. very sorting hat when when I read Divergent. So there you go, yeah. some reading and some uh, film sort of things. Other, I'm trying to think of other. Uh, the musicals are fun and a satirical version of it. If you fancy them, they are three hours long each, though. So the Harry, the Harry Potter musical is a star kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. 
And then also, as far as episodes we've done, uh, any of the stuff we've done the same to children, really, I guess I might recommend uh, and go with that. I mean, I think it does a great job of building a children's movie on like a mega budget. And before computers took it all over. This is a good opener for a franchise. Yep. Um, you know, this is not my favorite one out of the series, but it's a good opener because it's bright. It introduces you to the characters. The scenery is amazing. The score is amazing. Acton's questionable at some points, but then you've got Alan Rickman and Dame Maggie Smith and Robbie Coltrane. So you've got that big um, scale of different things that are going on, you know, so it's not brilliant, but it's a good opener for the franchise. Feels natural to go into. Where would you rank it then, buddy? I would rank this at hmm, seven smashed up chess pieces. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right seven smash up chess pieces yeah, out yeah. of ten yeah, yeah, yeah uh georgia i am also going with seven but i'm going with seven horrendously eaten drumsticks out of ten okay ethan i have a fondness for this film because of my obviously as a five-year-old I <laughs> you would have good sport uh, with that when, when well you read all the books <laughs> no I, I i do i do like it and i think uh, i i watched it recently so i'm back and seeing it again uh, between these two times, I've been able to distance myself from any issues that I've had, like from from my personal uh, existence. And yeah, I mean, I, I imagine for some of you, this was more, yeah, because I kind of said this is kind of the way I want to put it, and you guys have all sort of um, kind of been on board with that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I, I, I think Ethan, you probably, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say you mm. probably, if we did open that forum up, you'd definitely have something to say. Oh yeah, my yeah. gender identity is definitely not something that I think would would be. Um, a fun topic for her but like is 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 a whole th- is this film as this film is harry potter is is a first establishing film um i i think it does something magnificent that i think a lot of films franchises especially for kids has has tried to do maybe not successfully and i think it does something in is especially as a, as a film as a piece of cinema i think it does it masterfully for child fantasy and even the issues that i have like it's a bit long and i don't really care about uh harry that much because uh, <laughs> it's 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 so early days for this 11 year old boy but it does something that with the music and the spectacle it it really and the spectacles inca- yeah, mm. Inspectacles. Um, it really encapsulates... You say in, in Inspectacles, then. No. <laughs> well, that sounded like, didn't it? <laughs> it really encapsulates something that I think every kid loves the same way that like kids get drawn to stuff like Star Wars. It's just pure fantasy and escapism. And it, I think it's done well. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go eight owls out of ten. I really, really rate this. Fair enough. Eight owls out of ten. All right. Come on. Oh. What's the maestro going to give it? <clears throat> Pardon me? What's the maestro going to give it? The maestro. There we go. Yeah. Um, this is it's a tricky one. It is. Um, I, I've bounced around on this. Uh, I've just punched mine in, actually, so I've committed to it. We'll see if I talk myself out of it. Uh, there's elements in this where I'm going, okay, it's, oh, geez, now am I going to do it again? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long run time, oh, but it does a lot. It does a lot. It establishes Harry's backstory, which felt like hours ago. We were what was hours ago? <laughs> <laughs> felt like a long time ago. We were watching sort of the first part where he's on the world's worst vacation ever. Yeah, Expedia. Um, <laughs> what are you going to remember? The things you had or the places you'll go? I think I remember if, the stuff actually. If <laughs> the I places see that ever again, I'm going to scream. Um, yeah, I think. Um, 
but it creates a world of magic and this idea of this opening and this world and the great hall and how many bits does it does it sort of build in i mean that are that are, that are magical and i mean that not in the sense of, the, of of a literary sort of term but in the actual wow like the sorting hat and mm. the food and the colors and but then oh but then it doesn't oh then and then other elements like the set design so well done the music mm. is fantastic yeah but then you got you know daniel radcliffe's not really that that good in this and he's, he's probably a bit wasted he has no personality in this first one no you know he doesn't have a personality in quite a few of them <laughs> um and then you have the problem where it ends in a really unsatisfying way. It does. But despite this, it does open and build a universe full of characters that I'm ready to go back in with next time round without the weight of how do you build it on. And is this the weakest of the Harry Potter films? No, no, that's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. That <laughs> thing sucks. I think it's just a long, just, just walking it's and camping a, the whole time. It didn't need slog. to be two films. It didn't need to be two films. Well, that was just a money maker. That's, that's all it was. It's the same. It's the same argument I have against Breaking Dawn Part One. But there yeah, we go. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go in the end with a very torn because my two wands are paired with each other. <laughs> I'm going to go with seven and a half wand shop Nazis out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't what I was. I originally had a different joke for the for the end there, but that's much better. Nice. Seven and a half wand shop Nazis out of ten. So, uh, just very quickly on the way out here, what did the Patreon give it? Uh, so the Patreon gave it after having to eliminate three different responses because of duplicates. three duplicates. Um, we have come out at 7.25. 7.25, which actually means kind of the right between where you guys are at and where, and where yep. I was at. And 7.35 is our overall rating. So in comparison to, to recent things, slightly better than Batman and Lethal Weapon. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause just beats that, but not quite as high to hit Chariots of Fire. So there we go. Is it so, as high as Empire Records? Uh, Empire Records are the lowest film ever, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I know. Oh, okay. I, I, I view it as our number one. Ooh, Rexy, you so sexy. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, say no more bottom of the drawer uh, <laughs> so um, promos you heard all the stuff off the top so there's that uh, we thank our Patreon backers Reverend Bruce Julene Hermes Dwayne Smith Katie McRae Ian Davies Lena Oberholzer Chris Peterson Randall Silva the Yeetmeister and Nate the Great if you want to be involved help us determine help us save something from being the best film ever or the worst film ever get a hold of us on the Patreon patreon.com slash BFE for as little as three pounds that's five US dollars a month you can have a voice and help prevent travesties from occurring like train spotting nah that was, <laughs> yeah. that was well alright and now all that's left now is to cue Georgia already there and say what are we doing next week Yay. this is this is a spring full of big movies actually and big celebrations of movies oh cool and this was the start of one franchise where a young man would have a bad feeling and it would cause him to move and act in various ways and so next week we're going to talk about a young man at the start of a franchise, who gets a bad feeling that lets him know danger is about to happen. Oh, Spider-Man. We are doing the first Spider-Man film oh, with Tobey really? Maguire. Yeah. yeah. So that wow. is next week. The one that started it all. So we've just seen uh, cool. No Way Home. Yeah. yeah I yeah. thought we were going somewhere else. We're going back to the very beginning. Not and we are doing Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or Spider-Man wow. 1. Nice. So there we go. 
So we're going to actually hit the stop button. <laughs> Maybe take two minutes break and then hop right into doing our, our mailbag. Yeah. It's I a bit warm so. in here as well. So we're going to take care of that. But uh, please catch us. Th- um, thank you again for listening. If you made it this Yay. far, we've got the after credit, the, the post credit scene with myself, Reverend Bruce and daughter of Reverend Bruce, who presented herself as Hermione, if you remember, on our birthday episode. She sounded great. She said sound great. So if you're up for that, check that out. Uh, outside of that, thank you for sticking with us for this long and join us next week. When we tackle the Sam, is it Sam Raimi? I think Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi helmed film, Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Four. Best film ever. I've been in. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And I'm going to go ahead and get these guys a break before I end up dead or even worse with my podcast taken off the air. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. Experience. The flippity flip flop. Experiums. There's a mistake. I think I made. All right. And I don't know what I'm going to call this. This might be the BFE post credit scene, maybe we'll call that. But uh, we're joined That's here good. by uh, Reverend Bruce and his daughter, Bonnie. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hey, the same, the same joke and duplicate. Excellent. Um, yeah, so I think what I wanted to do here is because, I mean, obviously we're sitting, well, we, uh, it's weird. I'm recording this before we do the actual full-on review, but I'll sort of assume how the conversation is gone. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, sitting here in, in, in the UK and the four of us sort of having our, our, our trip around the old Quidditch field with this movie um there's certain elements that maybe because of the british landscape here might not have um might not have been as prevalent in the uk as it was in the united states or maybe as was in my experience in canada in 2001 so uh, i kind of want to talk about harry potter and sort of uh we said a little bit in our context corner today about the way the british church or some british churches very minorly kind of dealt with it i remember a whole rigmarole in canada in the evangelical church about harry potter and so i reached out to reverend bruce and said do you got 20 minutes or so that we can sort of chat about this? And he made himself available. And and first off, thank you for that. And just secondly, I don't know, what, what were your memories, uh, Reverend Bruce and, and Bonnie, about um, when Harry Potter was coming out? What were the faith-based, the, the Christian faith-based groups specifically? How did they handle it, both within the churches you were in at the time? Or um, maybe that maybe extrapolating outward towards the uh, church community at large? Well, our particular church, we admire uh, C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia a lot. Most of our congregants are very familiar with that. And so in our particular church branch, whatever you want to call it, it never would have occurred to us to object to Harry Potter because the Chronicles of Narnia and that are very similar in a lot of ways. The Chronicles of Narnia, probably a little bit more explicitly Christian, but it has to deal with, with symbols of good and evil and self-sacrifice and 
good overcoming evil. So our congregants today would would view it that way. In fact, once some of our key lay leaders, they just went to Harry Potter world. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, because a lot of people we know go to Disney and Harry Potter world is in Orlando, just not far from Disney. And we went, oh, 2008 it was. We, do we still have our wands from that, Bonnie? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In mint condition. Yeah. Yes. No, and their only objection was we're not going to spend $50 for a wand. But other than that, they loved it. <laughs> so they would they would put it in a very similar frame that it's fantasy. We're about stories. We love stories and narratives. Uh, that's kind of the frame we're coming from. Bonnie, what do you think? You were a little girl when this came out. Yeah, so... I can't really speak to what I observed from the church itself, but from what I observed in even just my household, which was influenced by the church, um, growing up, we had a very healthy, balanced perspective where stories could, even with fantastical components, could serve as really beautiful, symbolic, even representations of really profound themes in our faith. Like, of course, he mentioned uh, sacrificial love and goodness triumphing over evil. And you see a lot of that in Harry Potter. So something I also noticed um, in my childhood was the fact that a lot of Christians, they had an issue with Harry Potter just simply because they heard sorcery, magic, and witchcraft and thought that's evil, that's of the devil. But when you look into the story, you see that magic in their world can be used for very deep good, or it can be used for evil. And so uh, viewing it as sort of a metaphor for the opportunity to even as a Christian walk with God in the light, in the good things, or, you know, you can opt for the dark side, <laughs> just like they say. If I can, because um, I don't know how old you would have been, but obviously I'm going to be surrounded by some people who were, um, you know, their formative years were, were part of the, the Harry Potter sort of experience. And they're going to sort of talk about, I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere here. I mean, I can't do anything. Anytime we have to do something for, for school, I teach English. And anytime we have to do something, the, the, the knee jerk that I constantly have to push against a little bit is let's do Harry Potter and I only push against it because it's all we ever do. And it, it, <laughs> it just gets to feel a little one note. Did it have the same sort of, um, maybe same sort's a hard question for you to answer because you're not familiar with how it was over here, but how, how comprehensive was the Harry Potter sort of was, was everybody um, was it, was it a phenomenon in the States just like it was here? Yes. It all, it go ahead. I thought I was (laughs) going to say you good. Oh, I, I would say yes. Like culturally, in the you know everyone was really into it reading all the books uh the movies everything yeah i would say so everybody had their house and knew who they were sort of <laughs> yeah that, that's actually oh, we people introduce themselves occasionally I, I, oh yeah I, i'm i'm a hufflepuff or i'm a i i i'm out of my out of my element here uh i'm a ravenclaw there we go slytherin and gryffindor i got my four there we go i'm allowed to keep the pot yeah, going we did all that in fact we saw all of them in the theater I remember seeing every one of them in the theater. A few of them got away from me, but I remember, so I was involved heavily in a Pentecostal church around the time that the first one 
came out and uh, all and it was clear that it was that you know what like you're on facebook and everybody's just sort of passed the same article around and therefore everyone's argument is from the same source i just kept hearing from people the evils of harry potter and it became that thing it was marilyn manson a few years before that and oh, that's gosh, yeah. and, and, and that's how the children were being corrupted and th- this time now it was, it, was, it was through harry potter and i sort of sat there and i i i, I was i was doing the uh um, music at the time for the church and so i was just you know getting the overheads ready if you remember overheads <laughs> i was going i was going through and i was picking them out and i was getting my i was going okay is the guitar in tune and in the same that was in the sanctuary and uh, that's where the um the, the teenagers would have their sunday school class sort of before church and i'd heard for weeks after weeks after weeks i think it was a just just dragged me and eventually I, I it wasn't the most respectful thing in hindsight but i did stop and go if i can just ask the lady who was running i said have you read the book have you seen the movie do, do we have any sort of frame of reference or are we just repeating what someone else has said and uh the answer was no hadn't seen it but was following good teaching da 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 and I was like, all right. So I was I was also involved with the youth program at the church. Um, and so I thought, hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to check this out. Uh, my sister, um, who'd also grown up in England, so uh, C.S. Lewis, Enid Blyton, stuff like that, big, big, big works in our in, in our own lives. And I uh, thought, I, w- I want to go see this. I want to see what the deal is. And it really wasn't from anything else besides, I just want to have an opinion on this. And I, I don't have one. And I don't just want to repeat what someone else has said. If it's bad, I want to see that. And I walked in, sat down, got my popcorn first, watched the movie, came out. I literally said out loud, I have no idea what anybody is going on about. I do not see, even with your most metaphorical eyes, the, the, any sort of danger in place there. Is the argument that somehow by reciting experiomas, it's going to open yourselves to actual occult or, or, um, elements of witchcraft, I thought was preposterous. And maybe it's that literary tradition of C.S. Lewis, of Enid Blyton. But I'm like, if you take the fan, because what are you going to do with Lord of the Rings? That was a question I asked when that came out, because there's a whole lot of magic in Lord of the Rings. And and I, I guess, you know, obviously, expli- you know, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, very much a- allegorical writings. But still, if we're going to live and die on this sort of um, knife edge of... Um, if, if, if it has the illusion of, of magic, then it must be a link or a stepping stone or a gateway drug to witchcraft. I just found, and, and that was everywhere. That really was kind of the overriding element. And it just became the hobby horse. People of a certain age who just decided what was coming up behind them wasn't the right thing and hammered it home again and again and again. We have a religious program in Canada called 100 Huntley Street. And they they had a guy over from England. I remember this. I was probably pulling a sickie, or I was home, or I was on a shift. No, I wouldn't have been a sickie because I would have I'd have been out of school. But I, I must have been on shift work or something because it was a morning program. And they asked this guy. They said, "Oh, you're from England?" He goes, "Yeah." And he goes, well, "What's going on with Harry Potter? Oh, Harry Potter's terrible." And the and the very nice, you know, the, probably the presenter's wife beside him is going, "Oh yes, we're all very concerned about our children with Harry Potter. How are you dealing with it in England? Oh, it must be terrible." And the guy said, "I think God, if he has a stake in Harry, I think he's got more important things on his mind than 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 Harry Potter." 
Like, oh, what, 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 what do you mean? And he went, I, I think, you know, what could be worse than Harry Potter? And he said, I don't know, people who are who are cruel, people who are e- evilly minded, people who are intentionally trying to do wrong, as opposed to people who are just trying to put on, you know, who are trying to write books and, and create movies and create a world of fantasy where every child can, I guess, imagine themselves in a situation better than the circumstance that, that they find themselves in. It's a bit of escapism, isn't it? Yes. Uh, in our particular branch, Tolkien and Lewis are quoted regularly in sermons. Yeah. And my entire life, I have heard about Tolkien and Lewis, and it's been very highly regarded for the reasons that you've spoken about. So I've never been in a frame where there was opposition but in other branches, perhaps yours, uh, we saw it all the time. Um, but right, right now, people are fine with it. I don't know if oh, the younger kids. Yeah, that was the thing. By the time the second movie came out, they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, so we went to it knowing we would like it. Others, pro- But the other thing you could almost be sure of is that the biggest critics had never seen it. That's that's the thing. Yeah, they were all repeating that one thing that they heard, and it felt like it had, you know, they all had the same sound bites. But I'm like, unless uh, that was my frustration is is you, you got to kind of be able to go. It's wrong because this because this. Speci- I I tell my students all the time. I'm like, you can't just say it is. You got to have you got to have that proof. Where's your proof coming from? If if if, if you're if you're at the, uh, the the courthouse, you're saying my client is innocent, and they say why? You can't just say because. You need to have something there to sort of you know pull that back. But uh, yeah, but yeah. What would you add, Bonnie? You grew up on this. I think of uh, I see the the pollen outside my window, the spring pollen, and I was thinking of the concept of allergies such as in any religion or culture, you have these allergies that could pop up sort of as an analogy where you hear a certain word or phrase and it triggers this instantaneous like sneeze reaction. And I feel like a lot of religious people, if they hear magic, sorcery, witchcraft is just this automatic allergic reaction without looking into the fact that when you look at the story of Harry Potter, Yes, people are waving wands, but you see this like these deep themes about courage and the hero's journey, which is actually very reflective of a lot of these deep themes of Christianity. Harry Potter himself becomes a very Christ-like figure in his sacrificial death and all these powerful things. You see the enduring power of continuing to persevere in these in these good ways over evil and darkness. And so I feel like the allergic reaction of the word magic has kept people from seeing uh things that i think god would smile upon and might even resonate with the bible <laughs> yeah which is all really interesting if you consider that you know that 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 first film that first book harry potter and the sorcerer's stone you guys in like the philippines are the only countries who call it harry potter and the sorcerer's stone the rest of the world calls it harry potter and the philosopher's stone but um big wigs at american publishing i think it was scholastic determined that um americans wouldn't uh, be able to figure out what was going on with philosopher's stones you got to put sorcery on it so 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 they know it's about magic even in canada philosopher's stone not sorcerer's stone I, I had not known that, but it makes sense to me because philosopher, you're thinking about your dusty philosophy, but no one would go for that. 
It just seems so. I would have thought Canada would have gone alongside its its its, its American neighbors on that one because we're so common on so many things. Oh, you didn't. You you went with philosopher. We went with philosopher stone. Yeah. Wow. So when I first saw sorcerer stone, I was like, "What? What is this nonsense?" And uh, yeah, so the point where if you uh, actually go on the Wikipedia page for the film, it'll say Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, originally titled Philosopher's Stone. But then as you go down, you'll you'll sort of find out how they've, uh, um, yeah, it's like the U.S., the Philippines, and I think maybe one other market called it Sorcerer's. Interesting. Because you couldn't the- go with Matt. Yeah, couldn't go with magic either because you'd think Harry Houdini or something. So that wouldn't have worked either. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, let me talk about the, the trigger that I, I, I like the, the, the metaphor of the allergic reaction to that word yeah. sorcery, to that word sorcerer, yeah. when actually you guys are kind of unique in the fact that you front loaded it as such. See, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I came to Harry Potter late in the sense that I sort of saw the first movie. I think I saw the first, I want to say three. Yeah, I saw the first three in the cinemas, and then I let them go. And then I think in time for Deathly Hallows Part 2, I I had a marathon, and I watched 4, 5, 6, 7, and then I watched 8, kind of in within the span of about a week. I think I I went through the lot. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun... It's a fun journey, uh, especially if you consider we get to watch the. They got lucky, man. They got three really good-looking kids who grew uh, up to yeah. not. <laughs> yes. You know, the only one who really went bad is I think is it is it I don't know, Draco Malfoy kind of ends up going a little bit weird, but they, they they got lucky with with the DNA that they cast in those in those movies. They really did, but you know, my reflection is I grew up knowing that the White Witch and Sauron were symbols of evil and i framed harry potter Voldemort, in exactly the same way yeah no it's a it's yeah it's i mean you're gonna hear me go on a whole rant about about how harry potter is very reminiscent of a journey of star wars but (laughs) it it, would be if you break it down you've got the whole you know orphan child who finds out mm -hmm. that his father was and he's congrats you're part of this special society and you're actually gonna be the one who's gonna save all of us so you know it is interesting that the minute we go, well, well, Star Wars is okay because that's in space. When actually, it's just as much mumbo jumbo uh, magic. But the minute you sort of put old robes on and, and a lightsaber in the hand, we go, well, that's our. Don't do that. That was that was that was my childhood, and that was okay. But it's 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 this it's this new generation's childhood. I want to take issue with. Yeah. So such is. Um, where are we at here? Uh, any, uh, I really appreciate you guys make, making some time and talking this through today. A- anything else you sort of want to talk about with uh, Harry Potter? Eddie, you had anything, Bonnie? She's really the expert. You could give a whole TED talk mm-hmm. on the religious imagery of Harry Potter. It's been impressive. I've, I've, en- I've enjoyed it very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if this is really necessary to add, but I think my favorite thing about the spiritual imagery of Harry Potter isn't only that it says, you know, be a good friend and have courage. And that's a good thing, even in the face of evil. But even right to the very end of the series, we do see uh, this very profound Christ imagery of the way in which to defeat evil once and for all, aka Voldemort, is a sacrificial death and resurrection, which is the most central thing to all of Christianity. And it happens to be Good Friday, which is, you know, the Christian holiday, recognizing the, the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection on Easter Sunday and uh, 
when I first read that in the seventh book, it blew my mind because I said, this is, this is next level spiritual themes. It's more than just, you know, be good and it'll, it'll be good for you. And evil will hopefully die out in the end and good will prevail. It's, oh my goodness, there's this Messiah figure who lays down his life in order to resurrect and have ultimate victory over this oppressive force of evil affecting everyone and this bondage. And that is exactly the whole point of Christianity. So I don't know, it seems like a pretty good kind of, kind of weapon against this, like this perspective that it's doing damage and is somehow counter to Christianity. I'd be very curious to hear people who who had railed about it back in the day and see kind of <laughs> where their where their passion on it sits now. Yeah, the, the 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 saving figure whose forthcoming was foretold. You just got to be okay with Hagrid being John the Baptist if we're going to follow your allegory. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I never thought about that. I hadn't thought about that one. Wild guy. Yeah. He's he's, he's 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 got the hair and the beard for it. He definitely does. Yeah, he does. Eating locusts and wild. Honey. That that's exactly. Oh. I can I can see him doing you, that. You two need to write a book on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We're Good. we're gonna close our chapter on this All book right. anyway. At this point, I really want to say thank you guys for making so, so some of the time and just having a a different conversation than made than uh, uh, a different a different element to the conversation anyway than than, than what we'll do on uh when we record this on easter sunday of all things jeez uh but but thank you for making yourselves uh available on, on pretty short notice when i when i when i put the the reverend bruce symbol in the sky and said because i think i think i think bruce you went like oh, i've got some great ideas i'm like please actually i could do with 20 minutes if you got it so yeah thank you for that Absolutely. And thank you, Bonnie, for, for coming along and, and adding your uh, expertise on, 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 on the matter. Definitely a rewarding conversation. Amazing. It's so great to meet you. I've heard so many, so many things about you. <laughs> I, I am absolutely certain that you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>